Hi, this is Twana Diversity Williams, and you're listening to Sweep the Leg Podcast. My pick for the Listener's Choice Contest, where I get to choose the movie, is Coming to America, starring Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. I hope you enjoy it. She's your queen to be. Sexual chocolate. All right. Are you all right? I'm fine. I'm just not going to be pressured into marriage, not by Daryl, my father, or anybody. I understand completely. In my country, they arrange many marriages, and I don't feel anyone should get married out of obligation. You're right. I mean, how could I have even considered marrying a guy like Daryl? I wanted the same thing. He just made me so furious back there. You don't think I overreacted, do you? The first reaction is usually the correct one. You know, you're very easy to talk to. I feel like I could tell you anything. Now let's see if you can defend yourself, you sweat from a baboon's balls. You must be out of your damn mind. Joe Lewis, the greatest box ever lived. I'll be with you boys in a minute. He was bad in Captain Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that? You, the new boy here. Mike, Mike Tyson looked like a bulldog. He bad in him, too. He done whipped Mike Tyson's ass. He whipped all their ass. What about Rocky Marciano? Oh, there they go. There they go. Every time I start talking about boxing, a white man got to pull Rocky Marciano out their ass. That's the one. That's the one. Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Let me tell you something wonderful. Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano ain't sh. He beat Joe Lewis's ass. That's right. He did whoop Joe Lewis's ass. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? I am doing great, guys. Welcome to this very special episode, the Tawana Diverse City Williams People's Choice episode, Coming to America. With me, I have Jameson, very good rabbit. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing excellent, sir. It's good to hear your voice, man. Always. And then we have another special guest with us somebody who's never hit the stl airwaves before that would be time traveling peter what's up sir what's going on mike jameson glad to be here good it's awesome to have you man a a, a podcaster in your own right now yes sir and uh shout out to the nation (laughs) it's true man it's good to have you on so even though this is technically tawana's episode you know, this is like an, a year and a half promised. Uh, it took us this long to get here. So the other two people have to wait another two years before they ever get their episode. Right. But Tawana could not come on. We, we've tried to schedule her to come on actually throughout the year. It just never worked out. But she did send us an audio clip that you've already heard, which was great. And then she has an email. And then Time Traveling Peter here long time ago said hey you ever do come into america i'd love to come on well then the fool got his own podcast decided to do the episode which by the way sir i have purposely not listened to that episode so that way i can get some fresh thoughts from you i don't know if jameson already checked it out or not but i can't comment either way (laughs) you can't Mm. confirm nor deny that's right but uh decided to bring you on as well since this is an stl episode might as well bring in an stl you know elite and since you have your own podcast it's good to have you on sir and again, thanks for the invite. No problem. So why don't you tell people about yourself? Uh, you know, we all know your time traveling, Peter. You basically are the STL encyclopedia. But why don't you tell people about your podcast, all the good stuff, sir? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, it's called Hydrate Level 4. Um, uh, it's a line that I took from Back to the Future 2. If nobody got the reference, 
Uh, it's when the uh, old Lorraine, she puts in a mini pizza into a hydrator and she says, hydrate level four, please. So that's the line that I got. And the concept of the of the show is me and my son, who is a young teen, uh, him and I, we review movies. Um, I'm trying to choose movies that I grew up watching, and then we're watching it together. And then we record and we give each other's opinions. Uh, so you get uh, my generation's opinion and then his generation's opinion. So we try to see if the movie still works uh, for his for his generation. Good yeah, I, I really dig the concept, man. And and I've told you before that you, your son does an excellent job on there, man. And you've done a good job of choosing really, really entertaining movies. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, I know he's pretty happy to, to hear all the good feedback from everyone, too. Oh, yeah. He'll be taking all our jobs if he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's cool, man. I mean, uh, you kind of beat me to the punch and coming to America and space balls. But I guess that's a topic for another day. But uh, at least you're getting better and better and better as the episodes go on, sir, and not worse and worse and worse. So that, that's the way to continue a podcast. Yes, yeah, sir. The big money podcasting dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, how about we talk some quick movie and music news? First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. right. You should want a bad like this. Huh? Drop it low and pick it up just like this. Yeah. Like, cup of ace, cup of goose, cup of Chris. I heal something worth a half a ticket on my wrist. Like, on my wrist. Taking all the liquor straight. Never chase that. Never. Stop like we bring an 88 back. What? Bring the hooks in where the bass at. Champagne spilling, you should taste that. So uh, you posted a nice article today. I'm sure Time Traveling Peter has seen this. And I so do not want to talk this movie. Some Indiana Jones 5 with some Twilight crap. What's up with this story, man? Okay, let's preface this. This is 100% rumor. Yes. And like I said, I don't normally deal in rumors, but this (laughs) one just, it, it, it made me a little upset my stomach when I thought about this possibly happening, but the the big hot rumor coming out right now is the eventual Indiana Jones movie. You know, they've been talking about turning Indiana Jones into a James Bond type thing where they can just, you know, replace Indy with whoever they want. And the hot name to be Indy now is Robert Pattinson from the Twilight movies. <sighs> now, it's true. This is 100% rumor, but the story itself about the whole replacing has been going on for a little while so there's definitely some truth to that Uh, of course they wanted Shia LaBeouf to continue on and we all know he went psycho and that's not gonna happen but needless to say it's uh I'm hoping that let's just say the rumor turns into fact this is one movie I'm not gonna be watching sir yeah we'll see we'll be reviewing it (laughs) so what do you think about it Peter if this rumor is to come true sir you know the only thing I know him from is from the Twilight series, but that's because my daughter is a big fan of those. But I don't think I've seen him in an action movie. 
I've never seen him in an action movie. I've seen him in other dramas. I've seen him in Water for Elephants and Cosmopolitan and stuff like that. And and he's he's okay in some of those, but he's just he, he's nothing special. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could believe him in a real action role. He just doesn't have the look. He looks too he looks too fragile. <laughs> he's like a poor man's Brendan Fraser. That, it's is that true. Good? No, I, he's I pretty agree. scrawny guy too. Right. I agree 100%, sir. Ugh, let's hope it doesn't happen, man. That'd be terrible. Perhaps it's just a way to get in the, the, the female uh, demographic to come in. Yeah, but how many females care about Indiana Jones? Mm, they might if uh, Robert Pattinson's in it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's marketing making a movie, and yeah. that's the worst way to do it. Mm-hmm. Peter, we we know what you do on your day job, huh? You're doing these marketing ploys. that would <laughs> Yeah, don't tell anyone. You're ruining franchises? No. Speaking of which, since, you know, we're the Karate Kid guys, you're the Back to the Future guys, we yes. all know Back to the Future is going to get remade. How are you going to feel about that, son, when that happens? Ooh, did you hear something not in here? No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just, since I have you on, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a lot easier talking than it is typing this crap out. I actually want to get your thoughts on this. You know Back to the Future is going to get remade, at least... <sighs> I hope it never does, but if it, it yeah. if it does, how are you going to handle it? Well, I mean, there's nothing that can do to stop it. Um, I've never been a big fan of uh, remaking or even adding two really big franchises. You know, like um, like you know, Star Wars, um, the fourth installment of Indiana Jones. You know, just leave it be. But if they were to do anything, uh, I don't know if you guys played the the game. That came out? No. Uh, I forgot who released it, but there was a game. It came out on the iPad first before it came out on the home releases. And I like the concept of the first game that came out. It took place in 1986, so after the events of the first three movies. And it kind of continues from there. Yeah, I played it, and the guy who did Michael J. Fox's voice was crazy accurate. Sound just like him. Yeah. And, uh, and then they actually got... Um, Jenny back, right? From uh, what was his girlfriend's name? Jennifer Parker. Jennifer, yeah. They got Jennifer back, the original Jennifer, to be in the video game, which I thought was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, I saw it. It was on my PlayStation, you know, video of the week, and I was like, huh, I didn't know she was coming back for the video game, so that was pretty cool. So yeah. I'm thinking Taylor Laudner is Marty McFly. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Terrible. So we have a voice of Thanos officially. Josh Brolin. What do you think of this, sirs? Now, is it, it just is it just the voice or yeah? yeah. Okay, he's going to be totally CGI'd from what I, I see. see. Yeah, just like Vin Diesel. You know, he's the voice of Groot, but you right. know, there's there's stories that say it's actually him and you know his CGI body, and then there's others that say no, it's completely 100% CGI, and he just lends the one line to it. So it just depends on which report you read, but. Thanos is officially Josh Brolin. So, is this going to be like James Spader as Ultron, like that, or? I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I, I'm really not sure how how it's going to play. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure myself. Just that you know that w- they didn't give a whole lot of information in there, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. You know, he was in the public eye in regards to Batman for a while, mm-hmm. and then once that news came out, you didn't hear from him, and all of a sudden now he's in a superhero movie. So. May not be the way people would like to see him, or maybe they don't want to see him. But at least he's got, you know, he's getting his name out there again. So yeah, I like him. 
So it's all good. Now, regards to music. Did you guys know Linkin Park's Facebook page got hacked pretty bad this past couple of days? Mm-mm. Did you notice it, Jameson? Uh, no. Yeah, I started getting all these, uh, you know, top 50 babes and, you know, stuff to buy at the store. I'm like, what is this crap? And then, of course, Linkin Park, when they finally got control of their page, acting like it never happened. I'm like, ugh, is this a publicity stunt because you guys got your album coming out soon? Or are you guys too stupid not to have a good enough password to let your major Facebook page get hacked? It's pretty crazy, man. Their mm-hmm. password is password. That's a strong one. <laughs> I thought it was one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> oh, by the way, sir, congratulations on your Spaceball episode. Um, I, I was laughing. It was good times. And Thank you. I love the clip, of course. You know, the one, two, three. You know, only a yeah. moron would have that as, <laughs> as luggage. So good. Yeah, it, it's a lot of extra editing. But, um, you know, the clips that I included in that particular episode... They're jokes, right? And, you know, who better to tell the jokes than the actual clip from the movie? Right. I mean, nothing beats, though, you know, who, what, you know, when, that one. And then the comb the desert, that one's yeah. my favorite line of the film. But uh, good times, man. My, my son asked me to do the comb the desert. I go, oh, well, that scene kind of ends with a bad word. Yeah, but that's why you had to edit, sir. <laughs> True enough. But, you know, it kind of takes away from the joke. Hey, you want to talk about scenes in bad words? We're talking that movie today. Yes, we are. Oh, All my favorite sir. quotes, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited for that. So the last bit of uh, music news is that the Ariana Grande problem music video has officially hit. I like it. It's a throwback style, kind of the 80s, almost, you know, um, what is that 80s video? Rhythm is in the heart or something like that. It goes this really fast techno song. It almost reminds me that. I can't remember of it. Uh, what is that? It's not Rhythm of the Night? No, it's something. Is it Dancer? <sighs> See, I hate it when this happens, man. I, right. I got the video on top of my head. It's got like the real disco lights going on. Anyways, it's a great music video. Now, I know Peter here. He's my uh, He's my Iggy guy. So, Mr. Jameson, have you finally checked out some Iggy Azalea, sir? I totally have not. <laughs> oh, you disappoint me, son. Look, I've been spending a lot of time watching this new uh, reality singing competition show. That's really got me hooked. What's right? that? Uh, Sing Your Face Off. Have you, have you seen this? Is that the ludicrous mm. one? No. Sing Your Face Off is a show that's airing this summer for three weeks. And uh, it has five, I'm going to use air quotes here, celebrities. And uh, they are—they have to sing the songs of famous artists, and they also have to look like them. They also have to transform themselves to look like them. Ooh! So hmm. your celebrities are—you <laughs> have Lisa Rinna, uh, who is on every celebrity show. Uh, you have uh, 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 what's uh, Landry Fields from the Toronto Raptors. Um, wow! Yeah, yeah, that seemed random. Um, you have Sebastian Bach. Uh, you have John Lovitz, and you have wow. that that China girl from Ant Ant Farm, the Disney show. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about now. And then the judges, you have Miss Debbie Gibson, and nice, and Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live, which of course, and mm-hmm. and then uh, alternating David Allen Greer and RuPaul as the third judge. Uh, why are they alternating? That's kind of weird. I don't know. Who's the host? Some dude I've never seen before. He's like he looks like a poor man's Tom Cruise. I've never seen him before. <laughs> it's it's fabulous. It's horribly fabulous. 
as Sebastian Bach has to sing and look like Lady Gaga. It's good stuff. You know what I used to love is the Rock of Love crap on VH1. Uh-huh. I used to love that show, man. I never was into Brett Michaels, you know, because my wife was always into him. But I was like, this Rock of Love's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, he's a slut and all, but it's a really good, you know, guilty pleasure. And it kept I going love for- venereal diseases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great show. It was a good time. Uh, I'll admit, uh, I actually used to watch Flavor of Love myself. Heck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I've seen all of those. Flavor, all of them. The, the, the Charm School. The, yeah. The yeah. whole nine. When Monique. Currently, I watch Catfish. I love that show. It's a great, great show. Good times. <laughs> I love that we spun into Guilty Pleasure TV. It's true. All right, fellas. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about. So, with that being said, let's roll into our review of Coming to America. Once upon a time, in a faraway kingdom, lived a handsome prince. He was attended by devoted servants. Do you think perhaps just once I might use the bathroom by myself? Most amusing, sir. Wipers! And engaged by royal decree. Why? Why can't I find my own wife? We've gone to a great deal of trouble to select for you a very fine wife. I want a woman that's going to arouse my intellect as well as my loins. Where will you find such a woman? In America. So he traveled across the sea to the land of opportunity, which is where the fairy tale ends and our story begins. Behold, Simi! Life! Real life! And seeing that we have been denied for far too long. We're in New York now. Let us dress as New Yorkers. I feel like a complete idiot. Have either of you ever had any fast food work experience before? Certainly not. This will be our first job in the United States. I am Akeem. It's nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. That's good to know. Oh, my goodness. It is you. Greetings, Your Highness. Who was that? Eddie Murphy. Just the man I met in the restroom. Arsidio Hall. Ah! In a comedy fable of royal romance. When I look at these contestants for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, I feel good. Apparently, these are the best women Queens has to offer. Pick one and let's go home. I want to tear you apart. And your friend, too. Coming to America. Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son, yes. you want to keep working here. Stay off the drugs. Yes, right there in a minute. Man goes into a restaurant. You listening? A man goes into a restaurant. He sits down. He's having a bowl of soup. He says to the waiter, waiter, come, taste the soup. Waiter says, is there something wrong with the soup? He says, taste the soup. 
He says, is there something wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? He says, will you taste the soup? It's wrong. Is the soup too cold? Will you just taste the soup? All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Aha. Aha. All right, so first up, Peter, before I get to you, let me mm-hmm. go into Jameson here. Now, sir, on Can't Buy Me Love episode, you said you got some things to say about this movie. Now, is this in regards to in our review you got some things to say, or is this you setting up a history of this film that you need to talk about first? It was just a tease. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> All right, so coming to America, uh, I'll just, yeah, I'll just get what I'll say right now. Uh, so coming to America, for me, is... Your favorite comedy of all time? Not all, yeah, my favorite comedy ever. Untouchable. This is why we are the friends that we are because 99, well, 97.7% of the time we agree on everything. And I am going to spoil it now. This is my favorite comedy of all time. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I mean, the, this movie, more than almost any movie, holds up amazingly well over time. I can't find anything wrong with this flick. I mean, I know we're not, we're, we haven't even got into scoops yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> Here we go. And end. Man, this movie. Good show, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I seriously, I know this movie so good because I've seen it so much. But just rewatching it, I was like, this movie still is my favorite comedy of all time. And mm. it's on a lot of people's list as favorite move, a favorite comedy of all time. And there's a good reason for it. The movie is fantastic. I agree. So what's your history with this movie, Peter? Uh, well, I, I'm i the oldest of four, but when I was young, what the movie came out in, what, 88? Yep. So yep. I was about five, and I had aunts and uncles that were in their teens, and they'd watch it all the time. So I'd always, um, I would always watch it along with them. So I just kind of grew up, and you know, I got some of the jokes some went over my head now was this then, the edited version you watched or the unedited uh i don't you know what i think somebody had it on vhs and nobody ever objected me to watching it so you know i thought it was funny eddie murphy and arsenio hall dressing up in uh, as different characters you know no we'll get into it yeah but i mean edited as in did you have swearing in your vhs copy Oh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think it was unedited. Okay, that that's what I was asking. Okay, good times. I, I, did did VHS come edited? I don't remember. What what I meant is is like, did you watch the TV version or I did see. you get the you know the video store version? Is what yeah, I'm no, I, I think it was a purchase that we oh. owned. Okay, good times. Because unlike the other movies where I'm like, oh, you know, like I've never seen the ed- you know the unedited version. I always saw the TV. This one. If it came on TV, I would not watch it because this movie has to be unedited. It's just there's so many great jokes that when you watch the edited version, it's so terrible the amount of stuff that they cut out. Nowadays, in 2014, there's a lot of stuff they would leave in. Mm -hmm. But back in the 90s, early 2000s, uh uh-uh. They'd be cutting almost half of this movie out. It's terrible. What was that, sir? Sorry. What'd you do? Did you drop another spoon? I dropped I dropped my phone and then I uh, <laughs> knocked over the ukulele that's sitting next to me. Oh man! So let's get into this. 1988 is when this movie came out, and Arsenio Hall, which we didn't get into TV news, but I'm sad to say Arsenio Hall has officially been canceled again. We barely knew you. Uh, yeah. And I loved him his comeback. I I taped that, watched it all the time. 
Yeah, it I was watched one episode. I watched the episode where Paula Abdul came on. Ah, how was that episode? I missed that one. Um, I I, I think she still likes her pills. <laughs> she she didn't remember anything he was talking about. Hey, remember when you're on? We did this. No. You remember that one time where we went to this place and talked to those two people? Remember last time you were on 20 years ago? Who are you? Uh. Uh, Now, the movie starts off and we get the Paramount logo. One thing I really dig is how the mountain will eventually come full screen and then you go over the mountain. I always like it when they do that. That's the Indiana Jones technique. Mm. True enough, sir. True enough. Now, what do you like? Do you like this song that they play? This, you know, this African tune, I actually dig it. I don't know why. It's just a simple little, you know, two beats, but it works. I don't know. It sets the mood perfectly for this movie. What do you guys think? Can you sing it for me? I'm a little... No. No, that's James. Ah. He's, he's the singer. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal anything, but I'm not the only singer on this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't sing. What are you talking about? I only mm-hmm. sing when you get me crying. That's when I sing, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <laughs> there he goes. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I love the song. I love all the music in this movie. Actually, it's fantastic. It really is. The all the all the music. The the uh, just especially the uh, the songs that are sung in this movie as we get to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh man, are they good? So good. Now we get Akeem, good old Eddie Murphy, who's supposed to be twenty one years old. Sure. Hello. He doesn't look 21. Now, they definitely do a great job of setting up the royalty. I mean, seriously, got to love the line of, you know, today is my 21st birthday. For once, I'd like to go to the bathroom by myself. You know, all those little lines are good. You see him getting his, his teeth brushed. Of course, he likes the bathing. What do you guys think of all the pampering that's going on in this beginning sequence here? I think it's pretty interesting that he's got a little orchestra as his alarm clock. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> true enough. Guy, yeah, he, uh, he doesn't do anything for himself. And it, you can see the depression on his face because he doesn't do anything for himself. Right. You that know? would become very old very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially 21 years of it. Which, of course, we'll, we'll eventually talk to Darth Vader about it. About, you know, being pampered and stuff like that. But this is a, this is a great way. You got good music. You get to see... Just how much this guy is taken care of. And then we get the introduction to good old James Earl Jones. I love me some James James Earl Jones. This guy's a phenomenal actor. And the cool thing with this guy's character is that he's really cool in the beginning. Then he becomes a big douchebag. And then he gets redeemed at the end, which is really cool. What do you guys think of this character? I, I dig him, actually. I think uh, I think the casting in this movie was really good. Uh to get James Earl Jones, who isn't really a comedic actor, you know, he adds a little gravitas to this role. Um, and uh, but but he's got some good funny lines. He delivers them well. He does. Yeah. And his facial expressions too, when he's talking to, uh, you know, Akeem about certain things. How Akeem was talking about how he wants to look for his own bride and et cetera, et cetera. Maybe go to the U.S. And James Earl Jones, uh, his face just lights up when he talks about wanting to do all these things. And uh, was that line so his royal oats? Yeah, because let's face it, Akeem, this guy is a good guy, and he wants to marry somebody who has an opinion. Now we have. His buddy, good old Arsenio Hall, which I absolutely love in this movie, 
as uh, Semi. And I love the fact when he's just like, oh, I'm going to take your boy out for his daily routine. And what does he say to him? Is, let's see how good you are. You sweat from a baboon's balls. <laughs> That's what I tell Jameson every day when I talk to him. What's Don't up, baboon's balls? That's my face. <laughs> I'm going to tell you in two weeks when I see you, fool. You know, we skipped ahead because you skipped the whole chunk before the go and sow your royal oats thing. Which part's that? First, he's got to see the girl that's coming, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the great scenes of the movie with the African anteater dance. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, African. Yeah, this is the real African eater dance for real, right? Real African anteater dance. And and you got my man singing the Queen to Be song. Oh, dude. You know what's great about this guy is the fact of how... How much passion this guy has when he sings the song and then immediately turns it off the moment that the note ends. That's what makes yeah, it funny. You can hit those high notes. Oh, so good. You're right, man. This section's great. I mean, you got the dance going on. You're kind of like, okay, you're kind of feeling this. And then she comes walking down. and Well, first they see that one lady who they're like, oh, my God, please tell me that's not her. you know. And then, of course, when she shows up, it's Queen Airhead, if you will. Because she has been born and taught to serve the king and or the prince and only the prince. Let's. What do you think of this uh, this woman here, guys? Well, she was raised, um, you know, to be, you know, the queen, really. So, uh, I guess in their culture, that's just what the women do. You know, you uh, you everything your husband likes, you have to like it as well. You're not to have your own opinion on things. Whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> Bark like a dog. Now here's the question. Arf. So Arf. so he gets her to do all this crap, right? And she leaves the room. At what point does she stop? Oh, she's she probably still going. She's still going. That's in perpetuity. That's the prince thought. told her to do it. Right. That's what I thought. I thought she keeps doing this until either one she dies or two, there's an off scene where he's like, Oh yeah, you can stop doing that. So I've always wondered that. It was just a little little thing. So that one leg she's hopping on must be very toned by now. Oh, I'm telling you, man. It's a great scene. And yeah, it does. It, it He sees the fact of, look, I know what I like. And I know you know what I like. But what do you like? Whatever you like. You clearly see that she has no brain for herself. So this is what really sets Akeem's mission into play. Like, look, I want to find somebody I want to be happy with. And I'm done with this. So he goes and talks to his dad about, look, I want to go and find a bride. And that's when he decides that he's not really listening to Akeem. He just like, oh, you know, I know what you want to do now. Here's the question. He says that I thought that you would have lost your virginity to the people that bathe you. I know I do. Is he trying to say he still has sex with those girls? Uh, I don't know if he's. Mm. He says you have sex with your bathers, right? I know I do. Oh, okay. See, yeah, I, I thought that might have been like a past tense kind of thing. I wasn't yeah. sure if he still did. I never caught that until... He's the least... king. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure his wife approves of that. But before uh, we go any further, I just wanted to um, bring up the, that, that part where uh, Imani, she's uh, hopping up and down, barking like a small dog, and then Akeem asked her to bark like a big dog. Well, the king walks in and his face just lights up. Ah, you're being, you're getting acquainted. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's the cool thing with the king is that he's like, I don't want to put this. He's not, he's not really naive, but he's in his 
definitely in his own world. You know, he, it, I mean, you clearly tell he has no relationship with his son because he didn't even know he had the mustache when you go to this table. I mean, that table was bigger than Bruce Wayne's table in Batman 89. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you yeah. got you to gotta use a baby monitor just to talk to each other, which is crazy. I dig his yeah. mom, though, man. You could tell that his mom still has communication with them, like face-to-face communication. She's really good times. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> let's take this plane flight to America, man. Let's get the, let's yeah. get the, the airplane with the little red line following it to America. Now, why do they go to America, sir? Because where else are you going to find your queen? But in Queens, mm-hmm. it's true. Now there was two options. There was New York and New Jersey. Well, why were those the only two options? Well, I thought it was uh, between L.A., wasn't it? L.A. and New York. Yeah, you're they, right. I'm they sorry. They flipped LA. for it. Yeah, so they flipped a coin for it, and uh, it, I guess it landed on New York, and they started flipping through the atlas. And uh, you know, they, that question is raised: Oh, where do we find you know a woman in a? a town so big or whatever the line was and and eddie murphy points at queens queens so it's good uh, yeah town of queens has queens you know what i love is before they go when he's just like you know you know prepare the royal luggage and he tells what's his face to do it and he ends up screaming prepare the royal luggage it's like couldn't the king have just said prepare the royal luggage uh it goes down the chain of command yeah (laughs) i thought that was funny so we get to america and man, these guys, they're dressed thinking like, ah, oh, we're going to blend in. And we got some trunks from planes, trains, and automobiles coming with us. Let's talk about this scene, sirs. Well, first off, they're in the cab and they got my man, Body by Jake, driving the cab. You stupid F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot how big Body by Jake was back in the 80s. That guy's great. It's yeah. true. I know him as a big brother, Jake. Oh, there we go. No, he mm-hmm. calls he calls him a dumb F. That's what he calls it. Because later on... Right, right. Like, yeah, he like, goes, what's a DF? Yeah, what's a DF? <laughs> right. And so, yeah, they show up. They, they, we, we want to find meager accommodations. We want to <laughs> find somewhere real normal. One, place, one thing Queens has is a lot of, a lot of normal or a lot of, a lot of mediocre. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of mediocre. Now, can we talk about the pre-Nutty Professor guys that Arsenio Hall... And, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy are going to play when we get to the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good times. This, this this is what made this movie for me the first time I saw it. And this is what made me keep coming back is the barbershop, right? I mean, I, that is gold every time they're on screen. You know, my favorite is the old guy. The guy that's like, Rocky Marciano. Yeah, the, yeah. the old guy. Yeah, the one is like, Rocky Marciano. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the white guy? Yeah, the white guy. Oh, uh, Saul. I lo- yeah, I, I love all of them, but I think the white guy is my favorite just because he's just like, he always knows how to put them in their place. And then the other guy's like, you know what? F you, F you, F you, F you, you know, because he has Who's nothing next? else to say. It's good times. It's, I, it is a, this is. They should have got their own movie. This should have been yeah. what Barbershop was. True enough. <laughs> just these cats, you know. And this is what really, I mean, this launched Eddie's new career into, I'm just going to play half the characters in all my films now. <laughs> but he only successfully does it in this one. I mean, not any professor movies, they're okay. But this is... I would, I would point you in the direction of Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. I love you... that movie. <laughs> there you go, man. I love, I love these guys. So who's your favorite in the Barbershop? My man's uh, Clarence. Yeah, Mr. Clarence is pretty cool. Um, 
I don't know the other guy. Uh, Arsenio's guy? Not not Arsenio. The other guy played by neither of them. Yeah, right. Uh, the third guy, and yeah. I, I like him just because of the, uh, you know, and, and we'll we'll get there. But during the uh, uh, that pageant they had, there's a line that he says <laughs> oh. really funny. Yeah, he's kind of the straight man though out of the group. Yeah, he's the one like you never met that Martin nah. Luther King. Yeah. Lewis never, Frank Sinatra never came in here. <laughs> like you never yeah. met the king. Get out of here. You know. Oh yeah, those guys are great. So then we meet the landlord. What the F do you want? I love this guy. I, I saw him in a TV show once in the 90s, and I can't for the life of me remember what TV show it was, but he was he was good times. Was he on Rock? <sighs> Sorry, I mentioned it. <laughs> Sorry. There's one I haven't seen in a long time, Rock. Uh-huh. There you go. And I love the fact of every time there's something poor going on, Akeem has this big smile on his face. And then you see Semi, who's just an utter disgust. Mm-hmm. It, that's what really makes this movie are these two complete different views and world and just the whole works. It's good times. What do you think of this whole apartment searching, you know, POS type of crap going on here? Well, the, the, the last tenant in that room that's given to them was for a blind man. Yeah. I mean, outside their window is a brick wall or something, right? And, it's a shame what they did that dog. Yeah. <laughs> tape lined out where the cane was you got some rats up in there just chilling going under the bed oh real nasty man right and then isn't this the scene where right afterwards he comes out and he's like good morning and he, <laughs> yeah yeah I think you. yes <laughs> f you do oh i sent you a text on this this morning sir if i remember correctly you're like you're no key man don't be doing that stuff <laughs> But then they come out and and you know what they, were, they run across this commercial. They're walking by a storefront and the TVs are on and one of my favorite songs to ever be played anywhere comes on. So glow, <laughs> just let you so glow. Oh man, is that good? Are you gonna sing us the the full single version, sir? Uh, no. Come on, let's hear. I want to hear your beautiful voice, sir. I can't. I can't do that. Not allowed. Come on, Peter. Okay. I'm, I'm uh... contractually not allowed. My agent said I can't do this. Did the real films people say you're not allowed? Uh, that's real reviews. That's real reviews. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Real films? films yep. yeah. There's just so much going on. I know, man. I can't keep your... <laughs> it's movie mojo real or something like that. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk about Eric LaSalle, douchebag? Oh, mm-hmm. I've hated this guy ever since this movie, and it would proceed into ER. I really hate this guy. He is just utter piece of trash, this Daryl guy. You know what's funny is, uh, you know, my son is turning 14 uh, this month, actually, and in our episode, we were talking about Daryl, and my son just, out of nowhere, just went, douche, and I'm just like, wow, okay, <laughs> even, even he thinks so. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. He You're, plays but, it so good, though. He does. I mean, he's so condescending to Akeem, and he's just such, he's so wrapped up in himself that so, he doesn't care about anybody. At this point, um, Daryl is his character. It hasn't yet been introduced. Do we want to go ahead and go to? Uh, yeah, because we have to go. We have to go to the bar first, man. Right. Okay. We gotta go meet some so, ladies. So we'll, so we'll come back to uh, to Daryl there. Well, so, but before we do though, remember in the in the barber shop when he wants a new look before he goes hunting, and he cuts off his ponytail and says, "That'll be eight dollars." I, I think that comes a little bit after. It does. I thought I it came it before they went hunting. Because- well, because he hadn't gone gone down yet, I don't think, right? Because it was before when, they went to the it was before they went to the bar. He goes in, 
Yeah. Okay. That was when he, he meets him. He's like, oh, what you got in the hair? Oh, nothing but berries and juice. Ain't nothing but ultraperm. Yeah, because yeah. he hasn't met Lisa yet. It's after all this hunting. They want to quit. And that's when he finally meets Lisa. So, yeah, he's got to get his hair cut. He just, what does he say? Make me look nice and neat. Nice and yeah, neat. Yeah, just nice and neat. He yeah. Just, I, I thought he could uh, cut that tail off after he met Lisa, though, because nope. he, he nope. figured out. Mm, okay. Yeah, it was prior, sir, because because right. then they go, they meet all the hoodlums over at the at the bar, and then they just want to, you know, Semi wants to go home, and they're like, "Where can we meet some good girls?" And that's just like, "You can meet good girls at church, you know. You mm-hmm. can." And where I'm going yeah, is kind of the, the first. That was the first time they met the guys at the barbershop was when they went in and he got his tail cut. Exactly. Because okay. then when he ran into Clarence when he was locking up. He's like, hey, All my right. boy's from Africa. <laughs> yeah. That'll be eight dollars. I always love the way he says that. <laughs> so I love the scene when they go out Did looking for club? some ladies. Oh. Mm-hmm. Can we talk oh. about these girls? One of them is what? I worship the devil. Right. Mm-hmm. What are the other ones? Rapping twins. The, ra- <laughs> the rapping twins are so great. <laughs> One, one's like beatboxing. Hey, right. can you beatbox <laughs> first, Peter? Let's do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Come on, man. Don't wuss out. <laughs> Look, yeah. Listen to this guy calling people out. Yeah, yeah you, you gotta let me, uh, you know, kind of warm up my throat and stuff. I, I sing don't a song. Hey, beatbox for me. Yeah, warm, uh, warm it up. Uh, how, how about I'll just do a dance song? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll just I'm do the beat. Now. Maybe you guys can come in with uh, there you go, Mike. Ellie, Ellie Goulding or something. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freestyler. Okay, I'm, I'm a freestyler. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want no. it? Sure, I can rap about crayons. That's the only rap I remember. Back in I'm the, the host with the most Mike Mac Masunis. I grab the microphone and I say, let's do this. Ooh. There you go. That's Man, all I got. You get an A-plus for that, son. Oh, thank you very much. Good times. Very I'm good. here all week. All right, so now that we've been derailed, let's go back to the bar. I was Joan of Arc in her former life. <laughs> <laughs> She's all got a lighter up to her hand. So, right, I mean, so there's, some, there's, the, there's so many great ones, but the best is obviously... Arsenio yeah. <laughs> I love to tear you apart. And, and your, your friend, too. And your little friend, too. <laughs> and then the reaction on uh, Arsenio or on Semi. <laughs> yeah, because if you, if you catch it, he just puts the drink to his mouth before he ever starts talking. Yeah. So that whole time he has that drink, he's just drinking away at that thing. It's a classic spit take. It yeah. is. Fantastic. Now, after Arsenio, do they meet any other girls? Or are they just like, oh, man. This no, that's, that's the last one. was the last one. But there was two sets of twins. There was right. the rappers. And then there was the, the ones that were, uh, they, I think they were Siamese. And then they just got separated. That's yeah. right. Or, yeah. And then there was a first time out since the doctor separated. Yeah. Then there was a, a lady that uh, her husband was on death row. Oh, yeah. and then there was the one who wanted oh, yeah. to be a producer and wanted to be my own oh, music right. yeah. and wanted to be an oh, actor. Star, the, one that says, yeah. the one that says, I'm into the group thing, and then and then Semi smiles, smiles. and then Akeem does it. That was fantastic. That was great. Oh, good yeah. times. So, so that, we, we meet all these wonderful characters. Right. It's basically a failure of a night, right? It's like a Semi says something like, how did we know, how is it all the women and queens are this terrible or something like that? And that's when they come across. I don't even remember this guy's name. The Mr. guy Clarence. Clarence. There you go. Yeah. So th- that's when they come across Clarence, and they're like, "Man, we need a good woman. Where can we meet good women?" And that's when you know he talks about church, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm going to this benefit. You guys should come along. You gotta come down. Black and Black Awareness Rally." <laughs> now, this, this is, is the best scene of the movie. This is mm-hmm. where Jameson busts out. 
his uh, his reverence speech and he, and he starts to uh, to sing for us because he does it for me when you're not here. So go ahead, sir. Bust oh down into your thing. Go okay. on, go into the reverend, sir. There is <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Brown. Reverend Brown. <laughs> I got on high. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this scene contains all of the greatest characters in this movie. You got Reverend Brown, man, Arsenio, and just full on, just uh, the the creepiest Reverend. Oh. Hey, you got my man. His introduction. I mean, I the, turn turn around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Hefner on high. <laughs> he can take the picture, but he can't make him. Oh. It's just the best. And then, I mean, dude, I mean, is there anything better than Mr. Randall Watson? Oh, Sexual chocolate. You know him for his Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode. Of That's my mama. This is terrible, man. When he comes out, so bad. Oh, I love Randy Watson so much. He's so terrible, man. <laughs> this boy, good. Mm, good yeah. and terrible. And, <laughs> and that's that's the guy I'm talking about. You know, I think he's just hilarious. Because yeah. when when, when uh, Randy Watson is first introduced, you got scattered claps, like three claps just around here. <laughs> right, then you right. got the one guy in the middle. Just, oh, that boy, good. <laughs> good. You must be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. You must good be crazy. and terrible. Yeah. Good and terrible. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Yeah. <sighs> one fan. Right, it, it's oh, it's so good. His his singing the I believe the children of the future. Just <laughs> can I? Thank you, thank you. He's basically like, can I get an amen? And you get no claps. That, thank you so much. You're so kind. And, oh, and then when he leaves, people aren't even happy he's left. It's just like, did I just go through that? That was terrible. It's well, this you know what's so good. You know what's funny is uh, the the Reverend mentioned that he he was a local boy too. So like right. nobody even likes him. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> He's got Just that reputation. Guy. He's got that soul glow coming off. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear him sing some Whitney Houston. Number one, men should not be singing Whitney Houston. That's whoa, all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I sing a lot of Whitney Houston around town, right? And, th- and that's why you have no friends around town. That's my go-to move when I go sing karaoke. And I'm that, always singing the bodyguard theme. And that's why you've been kicked out of bars recently. <laughs> Ain't the only reason. <laughs> So, I love Lisa Whitney Houston. What I what I love is when they when we get the introduction to Lisa and she's talking about the you know donations and stuff. You know we we'd love to get the kind that folds. And I love it when he throws in the chicken. He's like, I thought that was the trash basket, dumbass. <laughs> donation, donation. I thought it was the trash. Um, I thought that was the trash, dumbass. But, this was so good though. You get these guys out of the barber shop for the first time. Oh, it's so funny. Back to Randy Watson, real quick. Um. Is now the scene when he finishes up, finishes up singing and drops the mic. Is this the first mic drop that we ever see? <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> yeah, he does a true. mic drop and, and you know he kind of you know, sexual chocolate with his two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> sexual chocolate is stomping on the stage. <laughs> sexual chocolate. Yeah, one guy still clapping. How was that again? What's that? Sexual chocolate. How was that again? Sexual chocolate. There you go. <laughs> Oh, man, I love it, man. So good. Yeah, he drops that mic, and he does it so perfectly that it happens to give the feedback where it's just so gut-wrenching when you hear it. It's like, thank God he left the stage. Oh, and Reverend (laughs) Reverend Brown trying to come back, try to save the day. (laughs) But that's when we get the introduction to Lisa. Now, let's talk about Lisa. Lisa, um, now, I would say that the girl that Akeem was supposed to marry her to marry is probably a little bit prettier than Lisa, but Lisa still got it going on, man. She's still, she's smart. She's funny. She's got, you know, just overall a very strong female character 
which is what I love. She's excellent in this movie. Actually, I think Lisa's prettier. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I would concur. Yeah, she's got those cheekbones, you know, very nice complexion. Well, there you go. That's sexual chocolate right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. When her, when her hair is down, it's all good in the hood. So. Peter, just hit the mic drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sexual chocolate. That's what I got to call this episode, I guess. So, But Lisa, she's good times. You know, immediately Akeem is totally in love. And I love the fact that he pulls out the cash doesn't even pay attention and just drops it all into the basket. I mean, how much do you think this is? Cup what? Two twenty thousand grand he probably threw in there? What do you think? Well, it's a lot of money. He he actually uh he he taps Sammy to put some money in there, but he takes the money out of the entire uh money clip. But yeah, it's a pretty good bankroll. Um Sammy's yeah, like, What the hell? Five, ten, twenty thousand. He never breaks eye contact where he just drops the wad into the basket. It's true. And that's when you find out that she works at McDowell's. What do you Actually, think? Actually, r- real quick, before we go there, uh, yeah. Daryl, we see Daryl in the front oh, seat kind of going, exchanging eyes with each other, right, with Lisa. Uh, and the donation basket comes to him, and he just hands it off. Did you <laughs> see the lady's face next to him of, like, you are a jerk? Yeah, man, you're soul glow. You need to put some money in here. <laughs> you're <What>? soul glow. <laughs> you're soul glow. Soul Glow needs to give it up, man. I love it. There you go. He's so good. How was that, sir? Nothing to worry about. (laughs) Yeah, so we meet Mr. McDowell, right? Yeah. My man, John Amos. Mr. Die Hard 2. Woo! I love John Amos. He's He's great, man. Very good. He was on one of my favorite shows as a kid. Good times. You know what I really dig about, you know, John Amos' character, Cleo, is the whole movie, he is in total love with money and then you get that one scene at the end which we'll get to in a little bit that completely redeems his character for me because for a while i kind of thought he was a one note character but it's that one scene at the towards the end of the movie which we'll talk about that i'm just like okay now this guy has got it on my good side because the first time i watched this i was kind of like i don't know about this guy but you know as the movie progressed I'm like well he's definitely funnier and stuff but he's all he's always about money but that's what I really like is the fact that if you think you have one note characters in this movie and they go above and beyond to pay them off at the end, which is good times. Yeah, yes, I sir. mean, that's that's one of the things that I, I like about this movie is uh, so you've got, you know, really Arsenio is the only guy who is known at this point as far as the comedic leads in this. I mean, Eric LaSalle wasn't anything. James Earl Jones was definitely not a comedic guy and neither is john amos i mean john amos was a serious actor and most of his roles he played a hard ass it's true and so you as the two father figures in this movie you have two strong actors kind of as a base and you know that as those father figures and they, they have their comedic times and they have their things but it's kind of grounds the movie a little bit to have those two which i really dig true enough what do you think peter yeah, uh, the whole money thing, I was trying to think about this. Um, now, is he, I don't think he's really money hungry because he's well off, right? Because they have the McDowell's uh, restaurant. I think that he's just really looking out for Lisa, right? He wants whoever uh, is pursuing her to have money. Yeah, so, uh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I think. But uh, him as a father, uh, he's hilarious character and we'll get there once we get to mcdowell's right i to, to kind of go back a little bit you're right i mean he definitely he has the best intentions for his daughters at heart and he just he wants them to not as he said 
I don't want you to be like your mom and me where we struggle because he's not rich, but he's definitely well established. He's got a great house. You know, you could tell he's satisfied with life. He's reached that point in life. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, you could just tell that, hey, you know, just like anybody else, a little bit more money ain't going to hurt anything, you know, Mm -hmm. but it just seems for a little while they spend a lot of time on the money situation and then they kind of do the whole, I just want the best for you type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason he likes Daryl. Yeah. It's because Daryl's going to be able to provide for her. Right. You know? Or at least his family. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, mm-hmm. we get to McDowell's, and one of our uh, one of our people that serve the folks is none other than, uh, what is it, Louis Anderson, right? Louis Anderson, yep. I love this guy, man. He, I love it when, you know, Mr. McDowell comes in and, and hits him where he spills the steak <laughs> all over. What do you guys think of the whole play on McDonald's situation? Well, right, right outside when he, uh, you know, Akeem and Sammy, they go there, obviously looking for a job. And there's a guy, uh, you know, not a paparazzi, but some guy with the cameras taking pictures of, of the building, you know, the, the golden, uh, which is which, I, I forget. He works for McDonald's. Okay. I, I, you know, you get the impression that he was swimming downs. He's taking pictures for the eventual lawsuit for <laughs> trademark infringement because we have they have the golden arches. We have the golden arcs. There right. We go. And I'm not McDonald's. I'm McDowell's. McDowell's. And we don't have the Big Mac. We have the we Big have- Mick. Yeah. <laughs> and the, their seeds have buns or no, no. Their buns have seeds and theirs don't. Right. right. They, they have the sesame buns. We have hmm. the plain buns. Yeah. Now, I love it when he's showing them the ropes and we get to the mopping scene. Yes. <laughs> Good times, man. I, I just love I just love Akeem. He's just like, oh, yes, I know how to mop. And then, you know, he just he's like, it helps if you take it out of the, you know, out of the can and, and do it. And he's like, I got yeah, a special let, job. Yeah, don't, don't just forget about the bucket. That only screw yeah. you up. <laughs> I like the Semi's reaction. He's kind of, uh, you know, leaning over Akeem's shoulder, and he's got this uh, look on his face, kind of like, "Are you impressed, sir?" We're doing good, right? Yeah. Dude, Did we get the job. Semi's faces in this movie is ridiculous and sells the scene so well yeah. in so many scenes. It's like if you didn't have Arsenio Hall's excellent facial expressions. The scenes just wouldn't be that funny. Like, they would be funny, but he takes it to a new level where you're just yeah. like, that's so good. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a really animated character, and they're kind of contrasting characters, too, between uh, Akeem and Semi. Akeem is more, you know, of a straight man, obviously. So Akeem is is your uh, com- comedic uh, relief. So Right. Well, and let's talk about real quick, I mean, because we kind of glossed over it, why they're working at McDowell's. Why are they going to McDowell's to get a job? They, they They're loaded. They're going to McDowell's because he's got to find Lisa, right? He's got to, mm-hmm. he's got to get Lisa's attention, but he doesn't want to reveal who he is, right? Right. He wants her to love him for him, not for his status and, and what he what he is. He's got to be the regular Joe that gets her. When you think of garbage, you get the king of a king, right? The whole point of this is the fact of. He wants somebody to love him for him, not for who he is, you know, right. and and that's the beauty of this movie is the movie has a lot of heart, but it's so true. How many people out there want to be loved for them, for them, you know, flaws and all, not for because you always 
you know, you're in a relationship. You always question, are they with me because I have money? Are they with me because I have, you know, this vehicle or, or whatever the case may be? It's a legitimate thing that everybody can relate to, even though Akeem is a prince and we as the audience are not, you know, royalty. We can totally relate to his character because we all want the same thing. And that's to be accepted for who we are, not what we are. Well said, Mike. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful, man. Yeah. I'm go- I'm going for the Raz the Razzie Award. <laughs> My boy's grown up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sir, you better watch yourself. Or I ain't gonna help you no more. All right, pops. There you go. <laughs> All right. So while they're while they're working at McDowell's, our boy Daryl arrives, <laughs> and the one thing I love is when he enters a scene, the Soul Glow song plays. Soul Glow. I just love that. He stops. He's in his car. Get out the activator juice. Gotta gotta get this. Gotta get the Jerry Curl juiced up again real quick. Can I say something? Douchebags have no right to drive Firebirds. Okay, you don't drive a vehicle that looks like Kit. You're a douchebag. Douchebags are not allowed to drive Firebirds. You sure about that? Because I think they exclusively drive Firebirds. <laughs> no. Well, there's there's a douchebag in Wedding Singer who drives a DeLorean. There you go. Mm. Well, that being said, <laughs> <laughs> wow, got derailed there. Shut him down. So. That being said, where where do we leave off? Uh, so glow. So glow. <laughs> so glow. The entrance of Daryl. Right. You know, the, did Jerry Curl come before So Glow, or yes. did did this movie make Jerry Curl famous? Have you seen Michael Jackson in the 70s? Yeah. Come true, on. true enough. Hey, when I met Michael Jackson, because I met him, he didn't have hair. He got burned off. So. Oh, you were at the Pepsi shoot. Okay. I, I was. I was behind. I was the cameraman. No. I witnessed the whole thing. Very good. Mike was negative, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Daryl comes uh, to pick up Lisa. Uh, I think it's what's going on. And she kind of brings up about the uh, the benefit the previous night. Right. And she, she goes, oh, somebody put a you know, pretty big wad of money in the donations. And she goes, was that you? And he's kind of like, um, she goes, I knew that was you. So he's kind of already taken the credit for something he didn't even do. Now, Jameson, what do we call these people? They're normally called nerds, but what do we call them? Uh, hot garbage. (laughs) That'll, that'll, that'll settle. I was looking for another terminology, but that works. All right. (sighs) You're supposed to use the D word, sir. No, I don't do that. What? I don't, hey, I don't say those kinds uh, of words. You said it last episode, moron. Yeah? Well, yeah. those guys were dicks. What are you going to do? <laughs> so he's not one, is what you're saying. I don't know. The funny part is that, we, like like Peter said earlier, we know that he put nothing in the basket. Right. And so, yeah, he's willing to take, because he's willing to take full credit on this one. Whatever makes him look like the big champ to Lisa, mm-hmm. he's willing to take her. Yeah, totally. That was me. And... <laughs> But it's time to take her out, right? He's, he's going to take her out for a ride. We're going to a basketball game. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Lisa's sister, uh, who's, pro- who's probably the weakest character in this movie. And, and that's saying something when everybody – even she's very likable. And saying she's the weakest character in the movie is strictly because she doesn't get a lot of screen time, to be honest with you. Um, and I don't know if you guys, she doesn't need more than what she has. Yeah. Right. She's definitely, she's serviceable. She works, you know, so on and so forth. She's not the annoying sister, but you're also like, well, I, I, I'm glad they don't give her more screen time, but, uh, you, you get introduced to Lisa's sister because Akeem decides that he's going to deliver $500,000 pair of earrings because 
good old uh, you know uh, what's his name um, Louis Louis thank you good old Louis says man look at that guy he's got all that money how are you going to compete with that man you just can't you got to have it and that's when he gets the idea of I'll just be a secret admirer not Daryl and Senator Samirin <laughs> not Daryl I love that. <laughs> yeah that was excellent I'm anyone but Daryl <laughs> but uh, yeah eventually her sister Lisa's sister is going to have a thing for Akeem and that's what sets up this whole basketball game and I feel really bad for Akeem man because boy does Daryl really make fun of him man really bad yeah those are so great though <laughs> you probably used to chasing lions and tigers and stuff <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like him man good job <laughs> Says something about uh, must be weird wearing all this clothes too. It must be weird wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys play back home? Chase the monkey. <laughs> oh, and you could just see Lisa. She's just like, boy, you better shut up before I slap your face. I just love how Daryl just talks out of the side of his mouth the whole time. Just, it's totally condescending. And then, of course, in the meantime, we have Lisa's sister who's making a feel on his leg, and that's when he jumps up <laughs> during halftime. He's like, what are you doing? It's halftime. He goes, I'm just excited to stretch. Or, or, or he says something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, yes, in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I yell that at basketball games all the time. Nice. In the face. Now, let's talk about the bathroom sequence where we get our, our boy – Who's uh who's del- you know he does the cokes delivering to people and he happens yeah. to recognize good old Akeem. What do you think of this scene? Yeah, it's pretty funny. It shows that uh, you know Hakeem is a pretty big deal from Zamunda, right? Uh, right. So this vendor's you know walks by, he you know kind of stops, does a second take, and you know realizes that it's Prince Akeem, and then he's on his knees saying how he's a loyal uh, citizen of Zamunda and uh, just uh, very happy to meet him. The thing is, is that it blow. It's almost blowing his cover, which is what he doesn't want. That's the real mm-hmm. relevance of this scene. Is like, dude, I'm finally getting established, and you're gonna blow my cover. You know, that's the thing. But the cool thing is, though, it works in his favor because this is the point where Lisa, as we'll see in later scenes, she sees how much heart that he has, and she's just like, man, you have a way with people. People just really resonate with you and really like you and stuff. And that's the that's what really is great about this scene is it plays both both avids of, you know, you're going to break my cover, but also changing Lisa to like Akeem more. Because before it was like, ah, he's okay. But now it's kind of like, huh, there's something different about this guy, which is... Did you just make up a word? What do you mean, make up a word? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I'm just... I'm, right now I'm Googling avids, seeing, trying to see what that means. See, I heard that too, but you know, English is my second language, so I didn't. I, I wouldn't know it's, if that's a word or not. It's Mike's as well. You know what? You could just screw it, all right? You just take, you just take my royal foot, shove it up your royal ass, all right? Ad, advocate, all right? Is that what you, you wanted go. to hear? I don't know what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I just, I just enjoy it, you know. Yeah, I, I don't need your dictionary over here. <laughs> get, get, get a dictionary. Go get a dictionary. That's hot garbage is what that is. I do like I do like when, uh, just on this one little scene real quick, is, you know, when the guy's, oh, thank you, thank you, and he's bowing to him and shaking his hand, getting his picture taken with all this, and they see it like, who's that guy? Oh, just some guy I met in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I love the face. It's so good. They're just like, what? Especially Daryl. Like, huh? You met him in the bathroom. Oh boy, yeah, that, that's what's really good about that. So is this when they when uh, Akeem comes back to the apartment? Um, let's see. 
Um, oh, dead air is the best air. <laughs> Mike, did you watch the movie? <laughs> Shut up, man. Nobody asked you. <laughs> Come on, Peter. You just watched no, this. What the hell happened? No, I, I, I reviewed it like last month. Um, <laughs> Mike Peter's digging that he's not taking the heat right now. Oh, man. I love it. Good times. See. I, th- I thought this is where the Sam Jackson part comes. That's what I thought. Because, okay. because, because after this, you know, they're back in McDowell's and she's like, hey, I'm sorry about how he was. And and then he does all the fancy talk about, you know, why did you come all the way to America and, and all that stuff? He's like, you know, it's not that far when you're on a journey and all that other fun stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah this is the scene where they're both having a really good time where she's kind of apologizing for Daryl being a jerk off. And this is, you know, just a few things that they kind of discuss at this point right here. Kind of um, tells Lisa that, uh, you know, Akeem is is really different from the guys that she knows because he's dropping quotes from Nietzsche, you know, right, and right. Um, so so this is this is stuff, you know, she's not used to at all. Yeah, she always says, "I feel so comfortable around you," you know. Guys just don't go around quoting Nietzsche. You yeah, know? good times. Now, my favorite scene in the movie happens right here when good old Samuel L. Jackson comes in. The reason why it's my favorite is because this is the first movie I ever saw Samuel L. Jackson in. And after this, I was like, he would pop up in almost every movie that I would watch going forward. You know, it's ridiculous the amount of movies that Samuel L. Jackson has been in. It's crazy. I've seen like three or four of his movies. He's a pretty good guy. (laughs) He was a Jedi, right? Nope. 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 That was Yoda. Oh, that was Yoda? Okay. Because I thought, mm. you know, I thought maybe he had a uh, a yellow lightsaber at some point. I only yellow know him from the Marvel movies. <laughs> Dude, I know it's purple. Give me a break. Shut up. I'm trying to mess around. You're not helping the, the you're not helping the cause here, man. What's your problem? Let's talk about Sam Jackson, man. This scene is fantastic. I love it when he comes in. He starts threatening, swearing, and looks at that little kid. What are you looking at, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that scene, even though I can't remember the verbiage said, but it's definitely. Definitely classic Sam Jackson. Good time. Yeah, I like how right after that, uh, Mr. McDowell is kind of, congr- uh, you know, thanking them for for, uh, s- you know, stopping him because apparently he's hit hit them five times. He's True. got the African connection. True enough. And then he gets promoted to go to Mr. McDowell's house. Uh, they got to be, uh, you know, taking the cars and parking them and stuff, but. That's that's what you think both of them have to do. But that is Semi's job. He's got to be the valet while good old Akeem gets to come in and play bartender. Mm-hmm. But this is where we get to see good old Daryl decide that he wants to take action because, you know, women like a forceful man. That's when he's going to ask her to marry. But, of course, I love the scene where the parents, you know, they're doing the announcement and his parents get up and grandparents and you got the soul glow up yeah. on the couch. I love right. that. It's great. So what do you think of this scene? Well, the uh, Daryl's actually talking to Akeem, and he's, uh, you know, commending them for what they did the previous day. And was like, yeah, you know, I would have helped out too, but, uh, you know. and But in that previous scene, he was kind of hiding, you know, behind like a table or something. Right, right, exactly. Trying to take the credit again, if you will. You know, not mm-hmm. seem like such a sissy boy, you know. <laughs> sissy boy? Yeah, sissy boy. Just like Jameson. It's all good. A mother. <laughs> So at this point in the game, uh, we have Lisa who hears about this announcement. She's pissed. She decides to take him and say, you and my father are not going to control my life. And that's when Akeem's like, hmm, I'm going to sweep in and sweep her off her feet, if you will. 
I love this scene on on the uh, you know on the swings. Yeah, on the swings. I really love this scene. It's one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. It's just it's so sweet. It's tender. It's yeah. just it's really good. I really dig it. Yeah, this is where he just kind of she tells him to loosen up, and he's just being a shoulder for her to, you know, she just needs to vent, and he's there to listen. Yeah, yeah. this is really one of the, the the first, you know, actual serious parts of the movie. True enough. You know, with some actual uh, emotion in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then after everything's good, you know, I love it when he's like, you know, good night. Lisa McDowell, you know, pur- purposely calls her by her last name just to remind her that you don't have to marry Daryl. And then we come home because previously good old Semi didn't want to go to work. He's like, you're going to go to work. He's like, you know, you could fix up the place, basically gave him the permission, but he didn't know what the hell he was going to do until he comes home and sees basically what's going down, right? Big hot yeah. tub. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lots of neon bar lights. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he fixed the place up. I wonder how they got that hot tub into that little room. I know. <laughs> you do not take my pocket money. <laughs> yeah, your million dollars of pocket money. Yeah, you're right. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, so Akeem actually gets Lisa to go out with him, bring her back to the place, and he's like, "Oh, we cannot go in there." Like <laughs> big, rat. big rat. Big like, rat. I don't think there's an actual rat. You know, I, I think you're just ashamed. Yes, that is it. For once again, you have guessed correctly. <laughs> you see through me. Yeah. And that's when they proceed to go to the restaurant. Now, one thing I got to say that we haven't talked about is there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this movie. You know, earlier on about, um, I think it was like the bathing or something. And Arsenio Hall, I know Arsenio Hall looks at the camera later on. But there was like, for example, the fourth wall moments. Daryl has one when Lisa's sister says, take off your clothes. He looks at it. Yeah, later on. Right. Mm -hmm. Then the other fourth wall is early on in the film, but I can't remember exactly where it was. Do you remember all those scenes are, Jameson? Uh, when the dog looks at the camera at the party? Mm. That's one. Um, there's there's like three fourth wall scenes where... Um, oh, I know. Uh, when Ferris Bueller addresses the camera. Right? <sighs> Wrong movie, dude. You sure? Anyways, what the point I'm trying to make here is that with the fourth wall... If you've watched Trading Places, you get the next scene that occurs. But if you haven't seen that movie, you have no idea who the hell Randolph and Mortimer are. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's that's a great it's a great throwback to, you know, he goes out hands the money to these two bums and you they you know, the one guy sits up and kind of see who he is. Oh, gets the money and wake up, wake up. And it's obviously the two guys who screwed Eddie Murphy over in trading places. <laughs> That's a great callback. Really it is. funny. We're yeah. back. We're back. <laughs> and both movies were directed by John Landis too. Right. Very right. good. Very good, sir. And then I love when they knock on the window. Let's do lunch. <laughs> good times, man. It's really, and that's when Lisa's just like, see, you know, you have that effect on people. You always know how to make, you know, things good. Now here's what I really dig. They go out for the dance and I love the line where you could tell she wants to kiss him. And, well, what about Patrice? I have no interest in Patrice. Well, what about Daryl? I have no interest in Daryl. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's great. And that's when they kiss for the first time. It's excellent. It's great. I agree. I just, uh, I think that funny, um, I think it's funny that he said, I am, you know, not interested in Daryl. Like, it, it's supposed to be right. a funny line, but it just plays so straight in the, in the moment. I, I agree. I think that's why it works so well. 
is I have no interest in Daryl. It's like she barely even, you know, laughs. She just smirks a little bit. But you're right. It's played so straight that you could. I don't even know if you're even supposed to laugh at that. It's just like he's no. so he's you're so much into the moment. He's so serious and she's so serious. It just works so well. It's great. And then we get probably my second favorite scene where he decides to start singing down the street. I love it. This is fantastic, man. What's he sing? He, oh, that song that they're playing. What, what is it? James. Someone to kiss. Hey. Someone to miss. Oh, I was trying to get Mike to sing it. Yeah. Dude, you ain't never going to catch to me singing. Loved. Shut up. Shut the F up. Oh, you know what's cool? If, to be loved. If, if, if you, if you um, listen to that scene in headphones, whether you play it in a DVD player in your computer or whatever, you'll actually hear people's voice in like one ear and then the other ear. It doesn't play in both stereos if you will which is really cool i thought that was really interesting effect i actually thought that was cool it also works with surround sound it's true (laughs) i'm just saying i don't always watch my tv with headphones on because you know you have surround sound because you do have a lot of money and all that stuff so yeah big time podcasting dollars man i'm just saying it's true i mean you're you are the podcasting slut sir (laughs) i've heard it before (laughs) uh feeling awkward yet peter no, I'm just trying to stay out of it. It's all good. <laughs> That's yeah. probably the best. Good Keep man. it between you guys there. <laughs> I'll just ref. It's all good. So I'll, I'll be the Pat Johnson, right? Right. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Excellent. So what happens after this, gentlemen? I forget. Uh, uh, this is when, oh, don't they go back mm-hmm. to uh, the apartment again? Right, and Patrice had uh, had shown up. So, yeah, <laughs> Patrice and uh, Sammy were, uh, you know, getting it on, basically. And uh, Akeem walks in, and they get up, and... Uh, Patrice, you know, gives Semi a kiss and walks off, and she goes, "Don't worry, your your safe is uh, safe with me, your prince or something." And right, and, and uh, Akeem's like, "If you're the prince, then who am I? <laughs> like right. my servant?" Yeah. yeah, exactly. So now it's, a little role reversal, and uh, I think Andy Murphy kind of likes it. And it's kind of funny because this is like the first the first scene in the movie where I mean, obviously Semi is his servant, and when they're back home, you see that he does whatever. Akeem tells him to do, right? Right. And he's kind of, you know, they're obviously good friends, but he knows his place with Akeem at all times. And you can tell whether through just being in America for so long or just needing a girl so bad that he's willing to, you know, go against his prince. And embellish like, a little, yeah. Yeah, like I told her that you're my servant, sir. <laughs> right. Like at the window scene when they're cleaning the windows. Do you have something to say? Huh? Good. Huh? You got something to say? You know, and he just looks at him like, nah, you know. So you're right. This is really his what? His out, you know, where he he's a rebel, if you will, towards Akeem. You know, it's kind of like his only time, like, ah, it's cool. I got money. I could spend stuff. And then that forces him to have to get a new apartment. And that's when they call the landlord. Is your place poor? Yeah, it's a real crap hole. <laughs> it's a real <laughs> crap hole. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's duct tape holding the door together. It's just horrible. You'll love it. It's a real crap hole. Yeah. <laughs> <You'll love it>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. So uh, now after this, this is where we get the reveal, basically, because uh, uh, Semi wants to request more money, right? He goes up to the lady and, you know, she's like, you really want to send this? Yeah, he goes to the Western Union, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, read it to me. Like you know, and she reads it. And he's he wants three hundred thousand. You should I ask for more? Why not? Yeah, sure. Why not? Four hundred thousand. While you're at it, why don't you ask for a cool million? 
You're right, you know, and that's when we get kind of the uh, the train wreck, if you will, of uh, the the father and the mother and everybody else shows up to come and get Akeem. Well, yeah, daddy's daddy's coming now. Yeah, yeah. I love I love I I don't know why for some reason this always cracks me up though. Is first off, you always have the the royal African music playing anytime they're in transit somewhere. Right, exactly. You know? The but, percussions, yeah. Right, but I love when he. Uh, the king comes, knocks on Akeem's door, and the landlord sitting in a hot tub. You may enter. <laughs> he walks in. He's like, "You are not Akeem. I know, I know this. That. <laughs> You're right. I love when he says that. You may enter. You may enter. And and, and you know the king it looks just irate. Like he's ready to flip some tables. I mean, he is just like, "Why? Where's my son? My what, son what works." Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, yeah he, that's great. He sees the uh, employee of the month uh, uh, picture up on the wall. What is, what this? is this McDowell's? <laughs> I think he works there. My son works. Oh, so good, man. I love it. And that's when he goes to McDowell's, and you. This is where you know the dad meets him for the first time, and he's like, "For your trouble." And they'll actually give him money that has Akeem's face on it. And this is when he just goes off about he's so excited the fact of, you know, Lisa's score. She's got somebody with money now. He's got his own money. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, when I say he's got his own money, I mean he's got his own money. But r- real quick, though, when uh, Louie goes to get Mr. McDowell in the back, he's actually reading a uh, McDonald's uh, operations oh, book. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. I totally forgot. He's like, uh, sir, there's there's some people here to see you. He's like, uh, they're not from McDonald's, are they? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Good times, man. And uh, oh, and don't forget, Daryl. He wanted Daryl to come over. So when Daryl finally oh, comes yeah. over and he finds out about you know Akeem, he's like, boy, get the hell out of here! And slams the door in his face. He's like, what, what you told me to come over? What What about the scene uh, when when the the king actually goes to the barber shop too? Right, oh, you get you got the, the old the old man's feeling on What's the that? lines like velvet? what is it, velvet? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and then they and they, they, they leave and Mr. Clarence like he's gonna clean up all these damn flowers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I've totally for you're right. That that oh, that could be my favorite scene in the movie. That's one of the most quotable lines who Yeah. What, what is, is that, that velvet? velvet? Dude, you do that so good. Do that again. What is that, velvet? <laughs> Wow, it's like adding a sound clip. I Man. Know. But look, I am the uh, rich little of my my generation. Yeah. The what? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, huh? <laughs> you don't remember Richard Little? Who that? Who that? Oh my god. I, the, 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 the impression the IGGY, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the impressionist back in the 80s. He do he do them all. He do he do Reagan, he do I don't know. Does it? That was only his, his, his only impression. Who that? Who that? Sorry. I'm gonna pull, pour some hot sauce on your genitals if you don't. Mind. <laughs> Nerd. <Some All right. laughs> um, oh man, so... I love I love these train wreck episodes. It's like true lies all over again. It's good. Time. Yeah, we're good. It's well, all good. Coming coming from a, a you know a member of the nation, I, I when you guys go quote unquote off the rails, I find it funny. You know, it's it's good stuff. So I I hope you guys do keep that stuff in. Well, thank thank you, sir. I do I highly appreciate the fact of. You personally messaged me like a day after. You're like, that had to have been the funniest episode I've heard in months or, or whatever. Yeah. It's always good to hear your feedback because sometimes I'm, I question. I'm like, hmm, should we release this? And then you're like, dude, that was amazing. So yeah. 
I, I feel I, I feel good. So thank you, mm-hmm. sir. It's good when Jameson and I decide to just screw it all and just go for it. So that's right. That's how we roll here. I'm in a mood right now. I don't know. I am in a mood too. <laughs> so, needless to say, uh, where where are we going from here? Uh, th- we're finishing up at the McDowell's, and you know the king tells them that they're going to be over at the Waldorf Astoria, and uh, just contact him there once he sees uh, Akeem. Because Akeem is on a date with Lisa, and they happen to go. What they go to a museum? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he happens to see a picture <laughs> of himself, and he's like, "Oh crap." You, yeah. We must we must go now. And I love how he takes her by the arms and just slides her across the wall. I always love that. I thought that was a nice, you know. Right, nice they've thing. got the Zamundan mask hanging on the yeah. wall. Right. Picture of him yeah. and his family. And that's when he sees the rose petals. And he's like, oh, snap. Daddy's here. Things mm-hmm. are going down. That's Chekhov's uh, rose petals right there. <laughs> right. So then we get the confrontation, if you will. Uh, Akeem decides to, they separate. And Lisa goes home, and where is Akeem going? I forgot. He goes to uh, Semi. Well, he, he goes back to his uh, uh, he goes back to their uh, the manager's apartment where they were staying, and there's a note right. left by Semi that he's over at the Waldorf. So right. then he goes over there. Right, and then that's when Lisa will come home, and then the that's when we have the king decide to be. You know, this is where he's unlikable. This this part of the movie is just like you know. You're not worthy enough. You're beneath me. All this yeah. crap. It's great. It's great scene though. Don't get me wrong. I love it. You know, one million, two million. No, no money's worth you know that amount for my daughter. He's like, oh really? You know, he's like, you talk one more thing about my daughter, I'm gonna stick my foot up your royal ass. <laughs> and I love. It. He's like, what? You yeah, like? It, yeah. It might, before we go further, uh, there, there's a scene I wanted to bring up that um when when the king goes downstairs to the manager's room oh yeah. sammy opens up the door screams and slams the door <laughs> right so yeah the look on his more, face yeah. when he opens the yeah. door <laughs> let's talk about the punishment that he will receive right he will get bathed he goes oh thank you your highness <gasps> oh so and then he looks back down i love the girl that's like gets to bathe them and just like you could tell those two have a thing you know it's good times but it's like yeah seriously that's your punishment for doing what you've been doing this whole time is you have to get punished by being bathed. I don't know. I guess I guess that's the life, I guess, right? And I'd get in trouble a lot then. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Okay. See, now you say in the next scene that, that the king is a D-bag, right? Yeah. I I think, yeah, I mean, I can see that, but really, he's the king of his own country. Right. And he's told his son, go out, do your thing. But when you come back, you're marrying you get, this crazy yeah, broad here. Right? <laughs> And so, I mean, there's this, it's been that tradition for generations. I mean, through, you know, it seems to work for them. And, you know, so he comes back, he's like, okay, look, I told you, you can go over here, you can screw around, whatever. You know, you you want to make out with this chick from Queens, you want to learn about the string theory, you want to do whatever you want, that's fine. But you're coming back with this, you're not marrying some commoner from this crap town you know and so yeah that's just his reaction i guess the proper terminology should be he is a naive you know like a naive king or something like he well, not much, a, like, much like akim i mean i'm sure he was raised the same way akim was where he never had to do anything for himself he was just instantly boom and you know you go through the ranks you're the king and then you know so you don't have you're kind of insulated in that world and this is how we do things you know and like hey i'm bringing this Burger Flipper's daughter is over to be our, you know, future queen. No way. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, because yeah. Zamunda, it, it doesn't seem so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, as far as their civilization, you know, isn't uh, quite as current as the American right. civilization, it's, right? I mean, it's it's opulent, but it's kind of yeah. primitive. So, yeah, so, so so they're kind of behind on times, a little old-fashioned in their traditions and stuff. So so the king is expecting Akeem to come back and marry this woman that was chosen for him. Right. And here Akeem is in you know the United States finding true love for himself. So the king sees Lisa as an obstacle in, in tradition. Exactly. So, yeah, so he's very upset. Yeah. You want to marry the burger flipper's daughter? I got Halle Berry back home for you. Let's go. <laughs> now, yeah. the, the scene I was talking about that redeems the dad's character is the, when he takes the money and he rips it up. That right. that's when I was like, okay, he's he's been redeemed for me as a character because now the whole movie's about money, and he just took two million dollars and just ripped it up and said, "Screw you," basically, which was awesome. Yeah, so it's it's good on him as a character now that it's not necessarily the money. Obviously, he knows well, you know, King will be able to provide, but now he wants his daughter's happiness to come before anything else. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So I, I guess, yeah, douchebag is the wrong terminology because Daryl is obviously the douchebag of the episode. But it's just more of like, you know, I, I just kind of thought that, you know, I, I didn't like him in this scene. But, you know, coming from, as you were saying, it makes sense. So good. Time. But it does. And it gives the queen finally, for the first time in the movie, a, a, a strong presence, you know, which is kind of cool because she's basically been way, way in the background in any of her scenes. Right. Yeah. You know, and so it finally gives her a chance to kind of, step out and have the moment with Akeem and to put the king in check. True enough. You know, which is always good. She's really nice. I mean, let's face it. The king looks around the house and he's in disgust. But the queen, she looks around and, you know, he's like sitting in my lazy boy. She's <laughs> willing to accept the world that she's in. She's mm-hmm. just, she's very sweet and she's very open-minded versus the king isn't, which obviously it should be that way, I guess. But I, I love the you know the conflict there between the two in this in this situation that they're in it's it's excellent that's what really mm-hmm. sells this scene is just like her like all my son wants to do is be happy you could care less you know and, yeah she she tells him to you know uh stuff a sock in it or whatever you know the boy is in love so right. so so we know where she stands with that exactly yeah, lisa, lisa goes running out and and i i just love how he tries how the king tries to Really put the the stern the the dad voice for all of us that have kids it's to true. stop him in his tracks to you know to squeal the brake pads as he's trying to run out the door after her you know yeah because this is the first time we see Akeem what did you tell her you know this is where he stands up to his father for the first time in his life you mm-hmm. know he's like I love her you know and I, it's it's an excellent scene because so much stuff happens and so much stuff gets paid off in this one scene which is why it's so excellent so. And I like uh, in the midst of all this tension, Patrice comes in and is like, why are you hugging him? He's the prince. (laughs) (laughs) Points at Semi. Exactly. (laughs) The kings look like, what? (laughs) Now, somehow, Akeem's able to track her down because, I mean, she took off. And it was at least a good 10 minutes head start that she had. But luckily, Akeem was able to find her. So, you know, it's a little tiny thing. How did he find her so fast? I don't really care because we're almost at the end of the movie. It works for me. It's such a tiny little thing. He's but, running down the wrong streets into dead end alleys. Oh, man, I can't find her. Yeah. But this felt like this felt like home, man. Seeing the subway with graffiti all over it. I was like, woohoo, back in Chicago. Good times. Looks like a scene out of the uh, Ventures and Babysitting. True enough, man. <laughs> Don't f with the babysitter, son. There you go. So, the subway scene uh, on the train. 
Mm-hmm. Very cool because you know there's some scenes in movies where we have an audience and they're really stupid, but this audience actually works. You know, like you know, what do you think? Go ahead, honey, give them a chance. You know, I don't know. It actually works for me. Most of this crap would be cheesy in other movies, but this whole scene of just confessing love and people watching, it works for me. It's good times. Don't they even look side to side too between the two talking? Like in yeah, unison, they're like following it, yeah. Ahead. yeah. Oh yeah, you're right, exactly. So what do you think of this this final thing about you know I don't care about anything. You know I renounce my throne, which obviously doesn't mean anything because nobody gives a crap. Right. But he's just like right then and there, I'm giving up my kingdom just to be with you. And she's like, I can't let you do that, you know. And then I love when she throws the earrings. How she throws it so good, he's able to catch both of them at the same time. That was awesome. But I think I think it's funny that she's only now realizing that, oh, I know, you know, now I know who gave me these. Exactly. Right, right. So overall, Jameson, what do you think of this scene, man? You think it good times? What? I think, <laughs> <laughs> is, it's is okay. my answer, do I get a yes or no answer on that? Good <laughs> no, go times, ahead. yes or no? Go ahead. False. <laughs> False. <laughs> I think it's effective. I think it's it's actually pretty effective. Yeah. And you basically think they broke up at this time. I do like the little old lady that comes off. You know, if you're really a king, I'll marry you. And it, he does such a sweet thing. You know, he could have just ignored her. But no, he puts those diamonds in her hand and just I love how the doors just close the look on his face. It's a fantastic shot. It's one of my favorite shots of the movie. It's good times. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then uh, basically the wife tells the man how it is, you know, that you're the king. You know, it's tradition. Well, you can change it, fool. Right, yeah. Because he, he says that, who, well, who am I to change tradition? She's like, well, I thought you were the king. Right. Mm-hmm. It's good times. And it, you kind of, when you get to the end, you kind of hope that's Lisa walking down, but you don't really know. There's a, definitely a, a very cool mis, you know, mystery there, if you will, saying you've never seen this before. You well, really I, don't know 100%. Well, explain what, you, what, I, what are you talking about. I the yeah the so now we're at back in Zamunda and it's the royal wedding right uh, Akeem and family they're up at the you know at the top there and then you got the bride with the long dress coming and uh, well see I knew it wasn't the girl from the beginning because she wasn't hopping. <laughs> so, there we go. True enough. Right. I mean, so I mean, Akeem has the long face. Like, oh man, <laughs> Ten like all that for, for nothing. I lost the girl that I love. Yeah, she wasn't barking, so you know. <laughs> Ten points for you, sir. Good job. That was very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here <laughs> I'm, all week. I'm, I'm here all week. I knew you were gonna say that. That's my life. But yeah, you're right. We're we're back in Zamunda. You see it depressed. I mean, depressed. Eddie Murphy, man. Good times. And then we see all. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. Because you know. The man is a depressed man now, unfortunately, but uh, he definitely sells the scene. He doesn't even want to look at her. You know, everybody's just infatuated with that super long ass dress mm-hmm. and then turns around. And what I love the fact of when he, you know, takes the thing off her face and she smiles. And that's when the dad, you know, Mr. Cleo shows up next to the king and queen like, what's up, baby? I'm back. You know, I, I love it. It's excellent. Yeah, he popped up out of nowhere. But, yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, Akeem gives his bride a kiss, and uh, Oha's like, mm-hmm. you know, your grace, we're not there yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fantastic. It, oh. it It's a great way to end the movie, but it's not over yet, though. No, just, no. Just when you think the movie's over and you get to the credits, 
We get our boys back <laughs> at the barber shop. Try the soup. He says, the soup too yeah. hot. He says, try the soup. <laughs> I love do, it. Can, <laughs> Where's the, the spoon? Do the joke for us, man. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I want to I hear you and your voice, man. Come on. You got to do this joke. That's too long of a scene. I can't do it. Oh. I've got to save the pipes. Come on, man. You ain't got no other podcast to record tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. I, want, I wonder if this is where Marvel got the idea for the af- uh, after credits. True. Well, actually, Adventures in Babysitting had it first, because if you watch at the very end of the credits, dude's still at the outside of the building and looks up and says, help. Oh, right. Yeah, he's still, he's still outside the building. Yeah. The first one I ever saw was Ferris Bueller. Because that was the first one I sat through in the theater, and then at the end, all of a sudden, he comes back on. You're still the, here. Why are you here? Like, what's going on? There's oh, more. Yeah. What's this amazing new thing I've found? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. If you there's some '80s movies that if you just watch to the end, there's actually something there, and you didn't know they were there before. Heather's has one too. I remember. I didn't discover until years later. I'm watching it on VHS and just let it run as I was doing something, and all of a sudden, like, holy crap! There was a scene at the end of this. I think the most infamous one is Masters of the Universe, for sure. Skeletor Ooh. comes Skeletor comes out of the water. I'll be back. No, I never saw that. You that never movie's saw been no. blanked out of my head. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to do uh, YouTube that. Yeah, yeah. Wa- watch okay. the very end of Masters of the Universe. There's this puddle of water, all like neon lights and stuff, and Skeletor comes out and says, I'll be back, smiles, and then that's it. And you're like, where the hell is the sequel that you never got? Which... Hmm. It's all good. I don't think what that movie I... ever actually existed. That movie's I... awesome. Yeah. I don't care what the hell you say. That movie's amazing. So. He-Man wearing elastic yeah. waistbands, looking yeah. like a crazy Dude, person. It's Star Wars on Earth. You need, you're need. you the king of guilty pleasures. You need to shut the hell up and accept mm-hmm. that movie as fun, sir. Mm-hmm. What's your problem? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find you. I'm going to beat you down, man. I would love to see that. I, I So would I, man. <laughs> You're getting your chance soon enough, Mike. I know. Two weeks, baby. I can't wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find you. I'm going to slap you in the back of the head, and then I'm going to run. And then I'll come back 10 minutes later and say, hey, you forgive me? It's all good. <laughs> so, gentlemen. Now, Peter. Yes. I, I did go to the end of your episode to see what you – No, I, I should take it back. I didn't listen to this episode, but on another episode, you were actually – almost going back on your score of this movie. So I'm very interested to hear if you're still the same. I'm pretty sure I know what Jameson's score is. You don't know me. (laughs) (sighs) Keep going, Mike. I'm sorry. I don't mean to derail this. Yeah, right. Keep going. Go get a dictionary. Five rock stars today. Five rock stars. This is what's doing it. Yeah. All right. So speaking of five rock stars, I... Just now, we can't buy me love. I gave that movie five stars, but I thought that, you know, maybe there are people that could argue it with this movie as it being my favorite comedy of all time. This, I have never, ever to this day found anything wrong with the movie. I think everything flows perfectly. There's not one scene I would take out, there's not anything I would add. It's flawless. It's great. It's fantastic. I give it five stars all the way. So, that being said, what do you gentlemen give the film? Uh, I also give it a five stars. Um, that's what I gave it on my uh, review. And thinking about it afterwards, I was like, well, was that a little high? But, um, you know, this kind of cements it, uh, reviewing this with you guys today. Uh, you know, we mentioned that, you know, this is one, one of the best comedies ever. Um, I think it's well acted. It's, you know, pretty well written and directed. All the jokes still hold up. All the characters are funny. Uh, I don't have anything that I've you know, that I found corny at all. 
Um, so I think uh, five is pretty good. I mean, I, I would I would you know buy every version of this blu-ray dvd i'd watch it on tv if it's on i'll just leave it on and watch it and uh i definitely recommend this to anybody that hadn't seen it so um Atta yeah, boy. good job definitely five yep that leaves you sir yeah uh for me i mean for me this is such a quotable movie i mean this is one of my most quoted movies ever and the thing I love about this movie the most, the thing that makes this movie five stars to me and that makes it hold up so well is not just the comedy. Because, you know, comedy, if you see a movie 70, 80 times, sometimes that can go. It's the This movie has the greatest group of just background characters. Right. That I just, oh, it, there's just, I can't wait to see all the guys in the barbershop. I can't wait for Randy Watson or Reverend Brown or the landlord. I just, they're such great background characters. Even Louis Anderson, just the little things that are happening to these central characters is what makes this movie so entertaining and make it hold up so well. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, I love it. It's, it's easily, I don't give out five stars very easily. And this is easily five stars for me. Yes. You, you said that on X-Men days of future past review, sir. Yeah. That I don't give out five stars. It's like pulling teeth. I don't like giving <laughs> five. <laughs> yeah, because you're basically saying that's like a, a, a near perfect movie. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, there's, there's, you know, I don't have any, uh, again, n there's nothing I dislike. Uh, uh, all those characters, none of them are like over the top, too. They had just enough screen time and just enough, uh, you know, comedic relief that it just, it just works. Now, that's that's the thing is, I mean, like with the guys in the barbershop, I said, I would love to see more of them. I'd love to see ha them have their own movie. But in the context of this movie, much it's the sparse, you know, the, the 20 minutes between seeing them all every time is what I think really punctuates how great they are. True enough. You know, you get you get five minutes with them and then they're gone. and You're like, oh, that was great. Oh, I want more of it. And then you get a little dose, you know. Right. I mean, as we've said in the past, five stars. I mean, the Karate Kid I've seen, obviously, you know how many times I can still find seven flaws in that movie just by technical, you know, little mistakes here and there. But, you know, five stars is basically does everything work? It does the story flow is everything perfect to you in regards to how the movie is. And this is a perfect example of a five star movie. And I think we all agree on that. This is one of those few five star movies where it's even hard to find something in the background that got jacked up. I mean, it's like there's no, you know, airs anywhere almost. So I think I'd have to do a lot of digging to try to find something wrong anywhere in this film. You know what I mean? Well, and not only that, really, the 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 big thing about this movie was that this was the first time they really used this, using the same actor, ha acting against yourself, really. I mean, you know, you got the parent trap and stuff like this, but this was where, mm -hmm. like, half the movie is Eddie and Arsenio acting against themselves yeah. in a different character. And so, you know, that that made it really kind of groundbreaking for me. You know, the first time I saw it and I realized at the end of the movie when they're rolling the credits and showing who each character is. And it's like Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. I'm like, wait, the, the old Jewish guy was Eddie Murphy? Like, come on, you know, just that made it really cool to me at the time. It really made it stand out again, you know? Yeah. And Cuba Gooding, uh, Cuba Gooding Junior. Junior. Junior, yeah, yeah, made his film debut as the barbershop customer in the beginning of the movie. So I prefer Senior. He's a he's a better actor. Yeah, you, you know I like that scene too when he's getting his hair cut. Like Mr. Clarence's clippers aren't anywhere near. <laughs> right. Nowhere he's near. Cutting the air. That's what I love. It's great. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So uh, that's it for our review. So let's go ahead and get into the STL Nation. Here, what they have to say. One shot, every 
So, Time Traveling Peter, sir, I'm sure you wrote in and had plenty to say about this movie. Mm, no. no. Obvi- Dude, I, I got to thank you, though, for real, because I can always count on your emails to come in every episode because there's just it'll be like we got 20 minutes to go and your email comes in at the last minute. So thank you, sir, for always getting your email in at the right time. It's it's excellent. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it. But we do have one email and it does not come from Tawana. Surprisingly, it comes from Mr. Uh, Another Watson instead of Randy Watson. It's uh, Jason Watson. Good old Monday night. Jason Jason. Watson. Been a a long time since we heard from him. Here's what he had to say. What's up, Masoonish, Jameson, and STL Nation? Well, it's been a while since I've had a chance to write in, but I had to pull over, because we know he does deliveries, to comment on one of my favorite 80s flicks coming to America. This flick is one of, if not my favorite, Eddie Murphy movie. Both Eddie and Arsenio outdid themselves playing multiple roles. Along with Eddie and Arsenio, this flick was packed with some of my favorite actors of the 80s. There are scenes in this flick that, to this day, still make me laugh. One scene in particular would be when they are renting the apartment and the bums roll down the steps. I can't repeat what he says, but oh, that's when the guy comes down and he doesn't want to pay his rent. Remember that one? Your rent's yeah, due, rent's mother. <laughs> mother lover. Yeah, yeah excellent. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I only learned a few years ago that this flick was uh, in the same universe as Trading Places, another gem of the 80s. This is kind of a five-star movie for me, and if I find out that anyone hasn't seen this flick, I have several copies of it to lend out. I'm glad y'all did, finally added to the list of the best of the '80s. Well, I'm glad I'll leave it to I'll leave it at that. You guys take it easy. I'll holler at you later, Watson. Thank you, sir, for writing in. Good times. Woohoo! So that's it, guys, for our emails. So I think what we're gonna do is since we're kind of limited on time, and we have a special guest. Uh, and I don't want our special guest guessing. I think we're going to save, you know, what movie am I for the next episode? You're trying to duck me. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll just do two, uh, on the next uh, episode. Then you'll be down by four. Uh, I don't know, man. Now, since you are the STL encyclopedia, Mr. Uh, Peter, it it is four to two, correct? Hmm. Yep. Peter, the answer is yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I'm sorry. I lost track myself. I mean, there, there was a month where you guys didn't, you know, it's true. Play the game, so yeah, right. it's right. true. He was ducking me. I'm saying we play it every episode. There's only one we skipped. It's just we didn't record for a month. That's all. That's okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right. So uh, with that being said, we'll we'll change that and uh, we will save it for the next episode. So let's get into the music spotlight. All right, gentlemen, I got a good one for you. Uh, like Can't Buy Me Love, I thought it'd be fun to do another top 10 list of the year the movie came out, as we did 1987 last year, or last year, last episode. This time we got 1988. So you guys want to know what our top 10 of 1988 were? Was yeah, My sure. Girl Wants to Party All the Time on this? 
Uh, actually, man, man in the mirror is the one and he's 21 on this list. Wait, what man? Uh, oh, I thought, see, I was thinking, I was thinking of Michael Jackson for a second. That's Eddie Murphy. (laughs) I know. I don't know why I like Michael Jackson. (laughs) You know what it is, is I was thinking of like, um, one hit wonders and, I heard the other day, you know, somebody's watching me. I'm like, this guy's really terrible. This, whoever the hell this guy Rockwell? is. Yeah, Rockwell. This is ter- that guy's terrible, man. What? Yeah. They watch me in that shower. No, that's terrible, man. Rockwell is not terrible. Whatever. Look, Mike. Rockwell was amazing. He was so amazing that he got Michael to sing on his song. That's the thing. If Michael Jackson was not on that track, that song would be terrible. Peter, back me up on this. I'm not sure what song you guys are talking about. Oh. I'm so, I always feel like somebody's watching. Oh, Michael was on that. Duh. Yeah, he sang the he sang the hook. Does the chorus? Oh, the other okay. guy. The other. I always cr- feel like yeah. somebody's watching oh. me. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, I know the song. I, I didn't know that was. Yeah, because Rockwell is Rockwell's, Rockwell's dad was uh, Michael's agent. The king of Michael Jackson doesn't know a Michael Jackson song. Stop the presses, folks. This guy over here is the king of Michael Jackson. And this he, guy. This guy over here. Ooh, I wouldn't call myself the king of Michael Jackson. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan. But... Bro, you're all about, you know, doing the Michael Jackson tunes all the time. I thought you were the king, man, of Michael Jackson, sir. Didn't I just do, like, one? No. <laughs> no, man, no. You, you did three requests, son. Three Michael Jackson requests? Yeah, dude. And uh, you, you you made me love that. What was that, that one? Given to me. Oh, dude, that song yeah. is- Man. That's an obscure gem right there. Yeah, it is. It was excellent. That's Good times. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's get into our top 10. Enough Michael Jackson. All right. Number one was Faith by George Michael. Oh, that's a good song. Number mm-hmm. two is Need You Tonight by NX. Uh, number three is Got My Mind Set on You. See, I like the Beatles when they're separated. There you go. George Harrison. I don't understand you. Dude, shut up. Never going to give you up. Yeah. Woo-hoo, you just got Rickrolled, son. Never going to give you up. Mm. Number five is Sweet Child of Mine, Guns and Roses. Number six is So Emotional, Whitney Houston. Number seven is Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. Great song. Could have been. Number eight, Tiffany, which is like her worst song. Number nine is Hands to Heaven by Breathe. And number 10 is Roll With It by Steve Winwood. So out of this top 10, gentlemen, which one is your favorite? I say we go guest choice. Mm. Yeah, uh, yes. I, I'd say go with the Whitney Houston just because uh, her yeah. song was in the uh, yeah. The, um, which Whitney Houston song ball. was it? This is so emotional, which is a really good song by the way. How's how's so emotional go? Yeah, sing, sing I that get for us. so emotional, baby. Every yes. time I think of you. Woo-hoo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, Sounds this just like the, Whitney Houston. Dude, this is the first time we went show me the Winston. What's up with that? Huh? This is the hmm. first time we went show me the Winston. What? The fact that I'm drunk? No, the, the fact <laughs> oh. that we're singing all the time. Oh, okay. Come on now. You're, in, dude. You're a lost cause today. What's your problem? Mike, I'm having I, fun, man. I'd like to hear an episode where you guys do a duet. <laughs> no. We should work on that, Mike. Let's work on something. <laughs> What's? How about get out of my dreams, get into my car? Because that's number fifteen. We can do that song. How about Ebony and Ivory? Who the hell is that? Oh come on, Mike! Oh, the Paul <laughs> yeah. I know Wait. who that is. I'm just kidding, fool. You, I thought you were the king of Michael Jackson. How about pour some sugar on me, number nineteen? That's gross. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to pour oh, some sugar. Mike, on hey, Mike how's that one go? Can you sing that one? No, nah, man. <laughs> Let's get rocked. Woo-hoo. 
Peter, you're on every episode. <laughs> oh, I, it was it was very nice to be on here. All right, well, Peter, why don't you tell people where they can find you, all that fun stuff? Go ahead. Okay, sir. yeah. Again, the show is called Hydrate Level 4. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. Just type that in, and that should pop up. And, and hey, I'll say it for you. Go on iTunes when you're subscribing to Hydrate Level 4 and leave the guy a nice little rating. Leave him a little review because it helps a, pod, a fledgling podcast for yeah. people to find him. Give, give him some reviews. Give him some love. The nation is strong. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, thank you for that. And, yeah, how, man. and your bet, is, how's your bet going, sir? Because the nation, oh. they, they stepped up the game, sucker. You got like 10 likes in like two hours, son. All right, since since I was on last episode, we have picked up. Now this is not all from the nation. Don't get big heads, people. All right. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, no, but since then, I believe I have picked up sixty-two new followers on Facebook, That's which hockey. is nice. That's I am garbage. Woo-hoo. I am within. I am within less single digits from getting to the target goal. So yeah, that's good. Less than ten, and I, I got twenty-four hours to hit the mark. Now. What is your email address, Peter? And then uh, Jameson can go on tell everybody about us. Yeah, the email is uh, hlfpodcast at gmail.com. Um, same thing as Twitter, uh, hlfpodcast. And what's, yeah. the, what's the episode you've done so far? Uh, let's see. We started off with the 1984 Robocop. Then we did Coming to America. Uh, and then the next three were bonus episodes where uh, we did – uh, we went to go watch, you know, some new releases: Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Godzilla, X-Men: Days of uh, Future Past. So Godzilla was an instant one, and that one featured uh, a friend of mine. And he, I had no plans on doing a review on that one, but uh, he had so many things that he wanted to say that we literally just recorded right in the car as soon as we got out of the movie. Um, but the other two. Spider-Man and X-Men, uh, me and my son Phoenix, we, we um, you know, kind of, or I tried taking notes as much as I could in the theaters, uh, really difficult, but uh, all those were uh, a lot shorter, um, just kind of reviews, definitely got some spoilers in there, and then recently we just released uh, Spaceballs. Nice. I've heard of that movie. Yeah, yeah, Cold he liked the it. Desert. <laughs> you found anything yet? We ain't found. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I love that line. Yeah, you you know what's funny is uh we were in 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 the spaceballs uh, review me and Phoenix we were uh, talking about the the a hole scene right yeah and then and then, and then yeah I, I forgot how like a line went and he said it and he actually even said the word a hole and I've never heard him swear before and I I, I looked at him I go we're not using that this has got to be clean. And uh, so, yeah, my son actually swore in front of me for the first time. And I guess he just, you know, he's like, well, you know, it's a, it's a line from the movie. That's a great you moment. Know? Yeah. So it was, it's uh, really weird. I mean, and, and uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, in Coming to America, uh, the basketball scene, um, when I was reviewing that and I was saying that Patrice had her hand under Akeem's jacket, I, I didn't know how to word that. And with our show, uh, I try to throw out the uh, parental guidance, you know, for other parents, you know, if, uh, if they're questionable whether or not they want to let their you know, child see the movie. So I was trying to figure out how to say this without really you know, being so straightforward. And Phoenix was just like, oh, uh, she was massaging his leg. And I'm like, wow. So he knew what was going on, too. So even he knew how to say it for me. Dude, you you threw so, all that out the moment you were, you recorded RoboCop. I mean, let's be honest here. Was that? 
you know, throwing out the parental, uh, you know, guidance that you're like, yeah, we're going to watch some RoboCop. I'm going to have my kid here watch some kid get murdered. It's all good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, I'll be honest. I mean, he plays like GTA and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, his generation's be, been desensitized. I mean, Walking Dead, True you know, is, is pretty violent. So, you know, all that stuff. I mean, he, he doesn't swear. Again, that was the first time I heard him swear. <laughs> uh, he's, he's pretty good about it. But he doesn't repeat things in front of me anyway that he says. Right. He knows what's good and bad. He's Smart pretty, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a he, he's a big bookworm, so he you know he he stays away from yeah all those stuff. Yeah, so he, he he's pretty sheltered. I like to think you can't help but laugh the first time they do it, though. For real, yeah, you know, yeah, it's all good. So I, I was just like, what? <laughs> so Jameson, record scratch. What right. did you just say? <laughs> so Jameson, sir, we will not be getting together next week. So why don't you tell the folks where they can hear you next, sir? We're not getting together next week. Yeah, man, you 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 got some stuff you got to do, right? Do I? Isn't that what you said, fool? You said the tenth, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're you're flaking out on me. You said you got oh, some stuff to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. That sure is next enough. week. Yep. Yes, we will not be together next week. I'm sorry. It's all good. Okay, good. <laughs> So why don't you tell the folks where they can find you at, son? All right. Um, all the usuals, right? You can find me at Movie Mojo Monthly and go on there and, and send us some messages. We got a nice message from John the Music Man today. I love that, getting emails from people. Um, we just put out our Godzilla slash X-Men episode. Great episode. Thank you. And um, what else? What else I, you know, by the way, Sister Act 2 is 100 times better than Sister Act 1, by the way. I agree 100%. Good. I concur with that. Yeah, I have the soundtrack too. I still listen to it. Those two rappers, good times, man. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we we got the uh, the two movie and one DVD. Yeah, there you go. I got into yeah. Fuji's because of that movie. So, you know the the kid that was in in, in uh, Sister Act two, he went on to be on that uh, that group City High. So I don't know if you guys knew that either, because you know Lauren Hill went on to do Fuji's and the guy I don't know his name, but he did City High. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. R&B group. They they, they had a, a big single called um, uh, Caramel. How's that but, go? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't quite remember, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I bet you if you uh, you know go on YouTube and pull it up, you, you might remember it. it. It was on the radio. It was pretty big back in late '90s, early 2000s. Does he have uh, some soul glows? Yeah. I love that this episode has has basically fallen down to each other challenging the other person to sing the song. It's yeah. <laughs> how's that go? How's that go? love it love it yeah so there there you go good time and then real films oh yeah real films podcast with jason who uh who is begging to get on this show again we have not heard from him since easy a we have to get him on here mike but uh real films the documentary podcast our new episode is coming out we will be discussing the film audience of one which is a really Really crazy documentary. Just, yeah. just, hey, just hey, quit Jim your is... job, man. Oh. You can come on. It's all good. All right. uh, last night, I actually tried going on uh, Netflix to find it, and it didn't come up. Oh, the no. Audi- it actually got, one. It got taken down off Netflix because they're jerks. No. 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 Uh, they have it on, I don't know. I I watch, I have the DVD, but I also saw that okay. it was on uh, Hulu Plus last I looked. But okay. yeah, it, it kind of sucks that this is the second time this has happened to us where when we make the decision of what we're going to do, it's on Netflix. When we record, it's no longer on Netflix. Ah. And Peter is the one that always writes into real films all the time. So yep. there you go. I, I definitely. I, I try to. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. So that's going to be what we're, what we're covering next. And then, uh, 
anyone in the nation who has not done so, I also have a little TV show that I'm working on. We have we are filming our sixth episode tomorrow, sixth show tomorrow, and uh, it's called Real Reviews uh, on Facebook. It's uh, Real Reviews TV, and uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. And uh, how do you spell that? R e e l r e v i e w s t v uh, or just look on the STL page. I'm sure there's a link. But yeah, that's that has been a lot of fun and uh, gives me an excuse to go see multiple new movies every week. Sexual chocolate. There can be no argument. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and so that's it. And then, uh, and then, uh, what do we? Hey, what are we doing next episode, man? Okay, so we, me and you, we got mm-hmm. the summer list. We're kicking it off STL style. And most people know this, especially if you're in the Facebook group, which is where you need to be to get all the exclusiveness. But if you do not know, the following summer lineup is going to be, A, this movie coming to America. The next movie would be good old uh, Ben. uh, His favorite movie is Stand By Me, which I also know Mr. Jason loves that movie. You got to get him on. Number three is Summer School, which... I, man, we've been talking forever to do. Number four is the movie that won the vote after the True Lies episode, which is Dumb and Dumber. And then number five, we go back to the series of classic movies Masunas has not seen, and that would be Better Off Dead. That is your summer lineup. Everybody's super pumped about that. Tons of retweets, tons of comments. People are loving it. I'm super excited. They're excited. It's all good in the hood, brothers. I'm excited for that Dumb and Dumber. Oh, mm-hmm. I I bet, man. What's the soup of the day? So so we got to get Jason on. <laughs> What's first. the soup du jour? That's the soup yeah. of the day. Yeah, That sounds good. Mm, sounds I'll good. Have, I'll have some. So, so Jason wants to be on Stand By Me, huh? Uh, I'm currently messaging with him about this. Excellent. I'm uh, efforting. Good. good. That's that's what I want to hear. So we, we got to do good because somebody in the nation said that's their favorite movie of all time. Hence why I got bumped up the list. So I think this is going to be an excellent summer. I'm looking forward to it. So. Hey, Mike, can I throw out my next episode? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, um, I, I had Phoenix uh, choose this next one because I kind of wanted, like, you know, particular movies uh, to come out first. And so I gave him a list of five, and he chose Wedding Singer. Nice. So Ooh. he's never seen that. Awesome. And um, so it'll be interesting to see what he thinks of those music, uh, you know, from that era. So uh, on, on record, the 51st States is my favorite, <laughs> and Wedding Singer is number two. There you go. They're interchangeable. Yes, they're Although, all. Are you talking about movies of all time? Of what? Of Adam Sandler. <laughs> Fifty First Dates is my all-time favorite movie. No, I'm just putting it out there, guys. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> all right, is that it, gentlemen? I think I think we've had uh, I think we had a fun ride today. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I had Mike, a good time. I think I think Mike, you should take us out with a song. Yeah. So close. <laughs> I just want to say, Peter, it was great having you on, man. It was. Oh. It's really. It's always fun. It's. It gets kind of tricky sometimes when you get sure. three, four voices on. But uh, it was a blast having you on, man. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Give him a slow, hand. Get the slow clap. clap. Here we go. No, let me get that fast clap like the guy from uh, Coming to America. That boy's good. <laughs> I thought that was trash candy. Don't ask. Good and terrible. <laughs> Yes, thank you, sir, so much for coming on. We uh, unfortunately, you know, Tawana, I'm sorry you weren't able to come on, but thank you so much for sending your clip. And I hope you enjoyed this episode we dedicated to you. I hope the wait was worth it. Uh, I had a lot of fun, and thank you, P- Peter, for coming in. You know, busting your balls, busting our balls. It was all good, man. So I had a, a lot, lot of fun, fun sir. Yeah, so. I was just trying to fill in for Tawana. I tried my best. <laughs> you did good. 
All right. Well, you guys, if you want to write in, please do so, stlpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to go to Facebook page. If you go to stlpodcast.com, uh, you can find links to all the shows, all the message, you know, all the Facebook groups, all the Twitter, Stitchers, all that stuff. If you liked Underground Hour, which Peter is my biggest fan, make mm-hmm. sure you check out the next episode. It's going to be good times. And... Yeah, that's it. We will catch you guys on the next episode for some Stand By Me, possibly a special guest by Mr. Jason Spencer. We shall see how the stars align. So, with that being said, you guys have a good one. Take care. Masuna out. you
It's settled. You will go settle. You will go. <laughs> All I know is you go 40 days and oh, Royal. Come back what does he yeah. say? Jameson, help me out here. What does he nope, say about I'm Royal? I'm on this one. Come on, man. I just I, I should know this. You go and. You, you <laughs> led yourself down this path, Mike. <laughs> oh, shit. Edit this crap out so I look like an idiot. Woohoo. <sighs> help me out here, gentlemen. What does he say? He says, I go don't... and sow your wild, wild oats there you and go. Yeah. come back and you'll be married. Right. He basically, he just says, go ahead, go off, come back, and then we'll um, you know, continue the wedding. Well, that being said. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Got derailed there. Shut him down. Sorry, I, I got distracted by my children. I need to edit that out now because they're asking me crap. So the answer is no. Go away. Kids are the worst. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, so good, man. I don't know how to transition I, from dude, there. I'm trying. I'm trying to get you guys to say yeah. the lines that he says in this scene, man. That's what oh. I'm trying to do. Oh, well, I, I just said them. We had to censor it. Yeah, I was gonna say you want me to say them. You're not gonna be able to use them. Okay. So some of the lines that he'll say in this is uh, "Who that for you?" You know, and then Akeem is like, "I tell you, do not use harsh language, or I'll be forced to." I forgot what he says. I'll be forced to take you down. He goes to yeah. F you, and then he takes him down, and that's when uh, good old Semi comes with the shotgun. <laughs> Speaking of moods, I was in the mood Monday night, man, over at the wrestling board, but we won't talk about it. I actually got into a fight with my wife. Cause, wow, I, that's good, Mike. Yeah, I was so pissed off. This is a restraining order right now, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was so pissed off Monday, 